Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning to life. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM, 97.3. Six minutes past six. Joe Metal leading a Bethel Revival Choir. A beautiful praise medley. Welcoming you to the brilliant, promising month of December. We disembark from 2021. Getting ready for next year. It's a fantastic opportunity. Be part of the City family, the City Breakfast Show. All right. The Quiet Tell us a big concert on the 3rd at UPSA. City is the media partner. A 
wide array of brilliant stars in a live recording featuring the Bethel Revival Choir. starting the month of december with a quote and this is from ralph waldo emerson he says what lies behind us and what lies before us are but tiny matters compared to what lies within us what lies behind us the past what lies before us the future are tiny matters compared to what lies within us because what lies within us determines really your response to what's on the outside and that's what we're using to approach the month of december what lies within us our greatest investments are within not without and b Burton also says nothing splendid has ever been achieved except by those who dared believe that something inside of them was superior to circumstances to build a great thing don't look at the wind look at what's inside for he who looks at the wind will not sow he who looks at the, the rains will not harvest so that's the message for the morning businesses brought to you by adb great news for workers who receive their salary through our bank get in touch for the payday loan it's called the payday plus up to 10,000 cities or 80 percent of your next salary call 0243-273-369 adb truly a greek and more this is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise.
Japan. Princess Cynthia Act and KK Kabobo with a beautiful way to start your morning. Newspaper reviews brought to you by Total. At Total Energies, we continuously innovate. We've redesigned our lubricant bottle into a modding and premium pack. The new lubricant bottle is user-friendly with big side handle which makes it easy to carry and pour. The cup is redesigned to avoid leaks and splashes when pouring, hence less oil is lost. The new label is inspired by a car dashboard and has a QR code and product display, marketing and technical information for easier selection of the right product. It's the same superior quality oil in a modding and premium bottle. Quartz keep your engine younger for longer. And if one door closes, another one opens. Fidelity Bank's doors are wide open to help you stock up your shop this Xmas. If you're into FMCG hardware or building material, you have a grocery store. Fidelity Bank is giving quick loans to SMEs in Ghana. You can get a loan to clear your goods at the port to expand or stock up ahead of a Christmas shopping frenzy. Be Christmas ready with Fidelity Bank. Let's have a merry orange Christmas. Fidelity Bank, believe with us. And so we welcome you to the month of December. It's here at long last. Start on a Wednesday. That's quite auspicious. Looking forward to the month. I have Kokui in the house. Good morning. Morning, Bernardino. And good morning, Kojo. Yes, we are in December. Yeah, the I'm month December head. Yeah, <laughs> you know he it's was born. In, he was born in December, yeah. and his head is also December. It's your, so it's your month. You will have a December to remember. Let's get into the headlines, gentlemen and lady. I know there's a lot to do today. Very long day for us covering Parliament. With some interesting results. <laughs> interesting is the right word. It's called the it? double track parliament. 
so when the red track went they went to stop the budget and the green track went to give it uh, the green so we'll see how it goes let's just give you the headlines okay let's start with the graphic okay quick. daily graphic majority reverses minority decision and mm. approves 2022 budget also budget approval unconstitutional this is from harina idrisu the minority leader you start initiative is a game changer says ken ufuriata all those stories on the front page but on the back page this is an interesting one compel jutap construction to compensate me there's a farmer who says his cocoa farm was destroyed by a contractor and his construction company when they were working on a road and he says he needs to be compensated all for right that. Yeah. all right all right now if you go to the front page of the Ghanaian times there's a photo of some apartments and the headline says apartments for president vips versus to kumase abandoned Yes, they were built in 2006 and they've been abandoned since. Mm. Scale up efforts to prevent importation of COVID-19 Omicron variant, GMA to government. Oseche Mensa Bonsu is on the front page. The headline that goes with his head says 2022 budget approved at last as majority reverses decision rejecting it. And gang rape case adjourned to December 17. The informer from page, tussle over electricity bills, Krobo Foundation exposed. Also, 2022 budget approved without minority. NDC standard bearer contest, vision and dreams, not insults. Duforce shows the way. And homosexuality acquired by habit, says mental health boss. They find that 2022 budget passed by majority. Minorities boycott is a missed opportunity to force loss to force lost motion. GMA calls for improved efforts to avert COVID-19 fourth wave. U.S. launches $45.5 million uh, five-year project to improve, to improve wash in northern Ghana. Power supply in Kumase to normalize by end of December. Mm. Yes. So they've been given a timeline. Mm. And food delivery and ride-hailing workers face low pay, dangerous commi- uh, re- uh, conditions, according to a new report. All right, the Today newspaper front page, who is Mavis Amampene Setre and her connection to the GN lawsuit dismissed in America? And there's a picture of her, her face is right there on the front page of the Today newspaper. The arrogance and impunity of power, and pictured there is former special prosecutor Martin Amidou. Also, toll booth workers hit the street with a demo against cessation of collection of tolls. Pick up the Today newspaper for more. The Chronicle, majority whip minority with a Jaho Kane and approved 2022 budget. Um, chiefs denounce Yintia electricity bill agitators. And poultry farmers are advocating for a cut in imports. Mm. The Daily Guide front page. NPP OK's 2022 budget with 138 NDC boycott. Adufour indicts Mahama on jobs. The Attorney General denies drafting a new legal reform bill. University of London honors Mary Chinnery Hesse. And President attends Black Caucus Confab. The New Crusading Guide 2022 budget statement approved. Minority missing. Describe it a constitu- as a a constitutional illegality and asked to be inducted into NABJ Hall of Fame 2021. Ecobank shows disrespect to Supreme Court. That's also a story on the front page. Tag appeals for reduction in e-levy rates and awards, awards, awards. Francis Galtin is Africa's most inspiring lawmaker of the year. <laughs> <laughs> the Herald front page. First deputy speaker miraculously. The whole Africa, not even Ghana. What did you do? They should just make it the whole world. Like the whole world. 
Oh Lord, Kofi. Bernardino. Yes. Ghana is a powerful country. Mm. The Herald front page. First Deputy Speaker miraculously turns chameleon mm. to approve unpopular 2022 budgets. Mm-hmm. Acts as player and referee. Mm. Strange appointments at bankrupt GNPC as KK Sapong campaigns to occupy vacant uh, Ofinsuheni stool. Nungwa's stool accuses two senior officers of aiding lawlessness. Snit pensions payments sustainable management assures and Ni Adama Lacha II declared illegitimate as Gachieftancy crisis deepened. Oh, the Republic Press 2022 budget approved as minority boycotts parliament. Dufour causes stare in NDC as he confirms interest in Mohammed's post. Bitter Amidu attacks Ekufuadu again. There's a photo of Amidu and Ekufuadu on the front page uh-huh. when they were on very good terms because mm-hmm. if you look at the posture, like they were things, yeah, things they be. Mm-hmm. And court orders repatriation of Nigerian woman over NIA card. Mm-hmm. Poultry farmers cut down importation of poultry. Ashanti Regional Chairman of Poultry Farmers Association to government. Let's go online. Citynewsroom.com. Police trying to obstruct my work as MP with arrest. This is Osavio Susu. Meanwhile, I'm disappointed in the conduct of Joe Wise, Haruna Slam's first deputy speaker. In other stories, budget rejection over 10, policy document approved after minority boycott. There's so many stories on the budget this morning on citynewsroom.com. Also, police warn public of car snatches ahead of Christmas. So beware of car snatches. And as you said, Grico says we can't release timetable for the outages in Kumasi. So we'll keep an eye on that story. They don't have a timetable. If you go to my journal online, government to reduce e-levy from 1.75 to 1.5, according to Apenu marking. Also, uh, Kufuado is running a democratic, autocratic government, according to Martin Amidu. Meanwhile, Muhammad did his best. NDC will decide if he deserves another chance at presidency. Dr. Dufour being quoted here as well. If you go to Star FM, uh, we'll fix Dumso and Ashanti region by December 20. This is Great Coast Assurance. Desperate road contractor storms Fidelity head office fumes over reduction bond. And irate youth attack mining site, MPP regional chairman DC accused. This is happening in the Eastern region. There's a very interesting headline on the GNA website. Persons not vaccinated by 31st December will be denied access to public places. Like what? We'll get the details for like you. Public churches. I don't know, my brother. Municipal uh, uh, offices. No, don't laugh. It's a serious matter. <laughs> Meanwhile, MPG identifies four sites for Ghana's first no, nuclear plant. Those who are saying they will deny people access to public places, no. Mm-hmm. The targets and the things they said they were going to do, do to vaccinate 20 million people, no. They've not achieved even a quarter of the target. No, they say the December is vaccination month. And then they're 50-50. You do your best. People do their yeah, best. I'll give you the story. I see you're interested in it. Let me take you a few more places. City Business News. Voter for exhibitors and patrons satisfied with event. President Wu's Norwegian investors to back Ghana's railway sector. And uh, new COVID variant to blame for global crude price falls. Those are stories on citybusinessnews.com. And let's get into the details, people. Well, budget? you know the big one. Yep, it's all about the budget and what yeah. happened in Parliament yesterday. So on the front page of the early graphic, mm. Parliament yesterday voted in favour of the 2022 budget statement and economic policy of the government, overturning the earlier rejection of the budget by the House last Friday. Mm. Now, the approval was undertaken by the 138 members of the majority, including the first Deputy Speaker, mm. Mr. Joseph Osseo, who presided over proceedings. The minority 
members who had voted against the budget last Friday were not in the chamber of the House to take part in proceedings leading to the approval of the budget. Now, before proceedings started, both the majority and minority were locked up in caucus meetings with their leadership. That started just around 10 a.m., but proceedings in the House started at 4 p.m., but without the minority. They didn't show up until their majority counterparts had approved the budget. Mm. That doused the highly anticipated heated debate in the House. Journalists had to wait forever, but uh, the first deputy speaker, who of course is sitting in as the speaker, Mm -hmm. said that there was not a majority when the uh, minority uh, rejected the budget last week. Mm -hmm. He said, including himself, the numbers at the majority side added up to 138, which showed a majority. They went ahead and voted, and they have now approved the budget. Let me give you Elvis Darko's um, breakdown of the issues. Mm -hmm. First, there was a long meeting to cure Bubbing's blunder. That's what he puts there. Yesterday, mm-hmm. sitting was delayed for hours following meetings between the majority and minority leadership, all aimed at exploring how to cure the unconstitutionality committed by Speaker Bagbing. Now, Friday's purported rejection was unconstitutional. Number mm-hmm. two, 138 majority members, including Joseph Osewusu, because mm-hmm. he was the acting speaker, right? Mm-hmm. But he still was MP and is MP for Bekwai. Mm-hmm. Not less than one half of all members of the House. So he explains standing order 109 mm-hmm. and he says um, 138 members were required to be present in the house mm-hmm. and the deputy speaker presiding could not vote. Mm-hmm. And NDC missed the chance to force a lost motion. And then NDC minority caucus owes supporters explanations. Mm-hmm. For example, we rise that Ghanaians, especially supporters of the NDC, deserve an explanation from the minority on why they boycotted the season mm-hmm. when they could actually have voted to ensure that the motion was lost. That's an interesting point. Yeah. His argument is that if the NDC had come into the chamber, they would have had 137137. Yeah. The speaker couldn't vote, mm-hmm. and therefore, once a motion comes with a draw, it defeats. And let me just give you one quick angle. Aaron Idris is also happy with Joe Wise. Sistinution.com. Minority leader is upset by decision of the first deputy speaker, Joe Oseusu, in counting himself as an MP while presiding over parliamentary proceedings on Tuesday. Now, uh, th- this comes after what happened yesterday. Now, some people, the minority in trying to respond to this basically said that they felt that the speaker sitting in the seat could still use that position to frustrate them by not uh, seeing, asking, I mean, if, for example, there was something to decide on, he would decide not to catch the eye of the minority. They gave a, a long explanation. We'll deal with that this morning. Uh, the other thing I need to bring to you from Parliament is that the minority is promising that they will do all they can to s- reverse the cessation of road tolls. <laughs> so yesterday, uh, and this story is on City Newsroom as well, uh, the... A, a, a group of roto workers demonstrated uh, to protest the cessation of the collection of rotos. Now, the minority said they will employ all measures available to them to ensure that the cessation is reversed. Now, according to them, the directive from the Minister of Roads and Highways was having an adverse effect on their livelihoods. This is the, the roto collectors receiving a petition from the group. Deputy Chief Whip Ahmed Ibrahim says the minority will ensure that their concerns are addressed and that they started fighting even before the petition came and that because the House of Rules will follow the right procedures to reverse that decision. So that's the second issue you need to look at. Then I give you a quick third one. Sorry for this. The third one is on Major Online. They are quoting opinion marking as saying that government will reduce the e-levy from 1.75 to 1.5. Okay, so I'll just give you that one, then you move away from the budget. So Deputy Majority Leader Alex Afenio Markin has said that the electronic transaction levy, E-Levy, will be reduced from 1.75 
percent to at least 1.5 percent according to him the reduced charge was captured in the revised version of the 2022 budget submitted by Keno Foriata on tuesday he was speaking on pm express he said the reduction is a result of government listening to the concerns etc etc so keep an eye on that one as well don't forget that was one of the four or five things the minority was not happy with including the japan deal and something some other issues okay let's move from taxation to production <laughs> <laughs> page two of the chronicle poultry farmers advocate cutting imports that's interesting mm. you know boris b i don't know him boris b farms if you are in kumasi okay. why are you in a kokoda charlie <laughs> boris b mm-hmm. ashanti original chairman of the poultry farmers association has advocated a reduction in poultry imports into the country towards the christmas festivities to cushion the local industry mm-hmm. he has urged the government to put measures in place to ensure that poultry importers procure 40 percent of the local products before they are allowed to bring in the remaining 60 percent into their warehouses mm-hmm. speaking to the media he noted that the policy if implemented would help the local poultry industry to expand and create jobs for the youth and reduce unemployment in the country mm-hmm. he underscored that the local industry was collapsing meanwhile the local farmers had the capacity to produce quality and healthy chicken if supported. Could we read a story about a farmer who said a contractor destroyed yes, yes. his farm? This is on the back page of the Daily Graphic. Mm. So, a 67-year-old retired public servant, Mr. Abraham Kufuyatete, mm. has made a passionate appeal to the Minister of Roads and Highways, Mr. Christian Wakwata, to compel a construction firm that caused destruction to his cocoa farm in the Suhum municipality of the eastern region to compensate him. Now, he says the Jutap Construction Limited blocked the path of a water body mm-hmm. during construction process, which caused his cocoa farm to be flooded and some of the crops to be submerged. Mm-hmm. He has since appealed to the minister to also ensure that the company reclaims the farm from the flood waters of the river uh, Etiawa, which passes through the farm mm-hmm. but was partially blocked for the construction of the road. Mm-hmm. Now, according to Mr. Kofiatete, the construction company had since March this year constructed a small culvert on the rivulet which impeded the flow of the river as a result of which about three acres of his cocoa farm has been flooded. He said the trees have either withered or been submerged. It's brought hardship oh. to his family and his Himself, and he said several attempts to get the Eastern Regional Directorate of the Department of Feeder Roads to mm. address the issue has not been successful. Okay. He's even written to the construction company, but no response. He said right. it's affected his source of livelihood. Let's go to Kumasi. Yes. I want you to tell me about this Greco issue yeah. and what December 20 means for okay. the power So I'll issue. give you the Greco and then I'll give you the abandoned residential yeah, apartments. Yeah. Key players in the power supply sector say reconstruction works are being sp- uh, um, um, done done to fix falling towers and restore the la- lines to normalize the power situation in Kumasi. Mm-hmm. ECG, Gridco, Energy Ministry, and VRA mm-hmm. disclosed that everything was being done to bring the situation to normalcy. Okay, Mr. Vincent Boachi, the director of uh, in charge of Northern Networks of Gridco, mm-hmm. told journalists in Kumasi that reconstruction works are expected to be completed by December 20. Mm-hmm. Power supply to the greater Kumasi metropolitan area has been challenging in recent times, mm-hmm. especially during peak periods. Now, on, sorry, on November 9th this year, a mm-hmm. communication tower fell on a 330 yep. KV yep. transmission line at Bogoso, mm-hmm. and this has uh, resulted in the challenges that Kumasi is facing. Well, the angle I have here is that Greco is saying that they cannot release a low shedding timetable because whilst addressing journalists, the Media asked whether they would give them a time to engineer Vincent Boachi in given the December th- 20 assurance. However, said that because the load shedding timetable depends on a system that is highly unpredictable, he could not guarantee giving a load shedding timetable. Let me quote him. A communication must has fallen on a transmission line. This is the first time it's happening. So what we are doing is that we are ensuring this does not happen again. But looking at the voltage, Gridco does not know how much 
how many votes we will need in Kumasi. So ECG cannot give a timetable as to when the light will go off. Gridco and ECG do not know. It depends on the state of the system and the voltage ready at the time. I'll give you time to deal with this because I know this is something that annoys you a lot. So we'll come to that story. Give me the other one you were referring to in okay, Kumasi as the well. The other story, center spread of the Ghanaian Times, also mm. on the front page. Mm. Apartments for President Vips visits to Kumasi abandoned. All right. Story says an apartment built to accommodate presidents and vice presidents whenever mm. they visit Kumasi now appears to be a white elephant. Oh, Charlie. The apartment was built in 2006 by former president John Ajakum Kufo mm. to accommodate the president or vice president anytime they visited Kumasi and and would require sleeping over it has not been in use for years by mm. past and present government as the president or vice presidents have been sleeping in hotels mm. anytime they went to kumasi the apartment is close to the official residency of the ashanti regional minister at the regional coordinating council at inshayesu in kumasi mm. now interestingly five years after assumption of office the regional minister simon osemensa has also not used this official residence hey. Five years along the line, nothing seems to be done to rehabilitate the bungalow, let alone for the presidential apartment, which also needed some renovation work to be utilized. A visit to the residence saw the place taken over by weeds, giving indication that the buildings are now white elephants. Mm. However, the Ashanti Regional Coordinating Director, Emilia Boche, said the apartments were not white elephants. All right. She said budgetary estimates had been forwarded to Accra and that had been captured under the budget. That was recently. All right, let me tell you about now, Bernard. Before you tell us about any other thing, mm. these abandonments, including the vice president's residence, mm. which he spoke about seriously, nothing is being done. At the time, now, it was over three million. If you are wasting cities. money like this and want to tax the Ghanaian more, I don't, know, I don't think there is any sense in this. That's a very interesting point. Now, let's not waste the money and tax us the more. Let's move to the vaccination issue you were referring to. This is GNA. Persons not vaccinated by December 31st will be denied access to public places. This is a story on GNA. says Dr. Dacosta Abwaji, Director of Health Promotion of the Ghana Health Service, has cautioned that persons who have not been vaccinated by December 31 will not be permitted to engage in any public activity. Mm. This will include going to work, except that mm. persons would produce a negative PCR test. So either you, you show a vaccine card or show a PCR test negative. He therefore advised all Ghanaians to take advantage of the four-week ultimatum given by the Ghana Health Service to get vaccinated. He reiterated that, quote, the president still chairs the COVID-19 task force and we are working with them to make sure that we put in place all the legal framework to restrict people from public places if they are not vaccinated. He said that the launch of the national... Why are you looking at me like that? I'm just, I'm just <laughs> can't wait to see <laughs> this is The launch of the National Vaccination Month on Tuesday, November 30, will afford people in the security services, government and health workers, commercial drivers and their mates, students and staff in secondary and tertiary schools to get vaccinated. He told the GNA that there are enough vaccines for everyone in Ghana as government has successfully procured 12.3 million doses. So could you get it? And we are told that about 5 million people have received their first dose. Yes. 1.3 million fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that by the time the, the process ends, over the 12 million people would have been vaccinated. So he said 12 million doses are available. <laughs> so so let's move on. Let's just go. <laughs> okay. Let's move. Uh, let's talk about you start. Yeah. This you start initiative is a game changer, according to the finance minister Ken Furiata. So he's described the you start initiative being pursued by the government as a game changer geared towards accelerating job creation. Mm. He said it's part of efforts by the government to kickstart an entrepreneurial state as it sought to remove the primary impediment to the growth of enterprises in the country, which is access to credit. He says the broader vision of the Ghana Beyond Aid agenda is is this or is under the Obatampa. Program. They're working in tandem with international development.
development partners and financial institutions, an unprecedented 10 billion Ghana CDs will be committed to supporting entrepreneurship over the next three years. Now, he was talking at a Springboard Youth Dialogue in Cape Coast in the central region. Mm-hmm. He says, Ustart is going to be a vehicle to support the youth to develop commercially viable businesses, gain access to capital, training, technical skills, and mentorship to enable them to establish and operate their own businesses. Mm. Let's now, let's go to uh, page 8. There's a special feature by Martin Amadou. Former page, special eight or page 8 of what Page paper? 8 of the New Crusading Guide. Special feature, special feature, special feature. And the headline says, The Arrogance and Impunity of Power. Parliamentary Rejection of 2022 Budget Statements. Okay. And um, he writes about what happened in Parliament, the Acre Energy Scandal. He writes about corruption, intoxication and impunity and all sorts of other issues, including the Japa transaction. All right, let's do the editorials as we wrap up this morning. Okay, starting with the daily graphic. Tree planting must not be wasted effort. All right. Mm, these trees. Mm. Also, in the daily guide, small arms proliferation. They're talking mm. about the fact that there are lots of weapons appearing on our streets. Mm-hmm. What's being done about that? Mm-hmm. Now, if you check the Chronicle, trooping of economic migrants to Ghana is worrying. That's mm. the Chronicle. Mm-hmm. Um, the finder says Omicron, Omicron variant, G- GMS call is timely. Mm-hmm. And you go to the Ghanaian Times editorial, move to break monop- monopoly of Ghana Law School long overdue. All right. We'll leave you here for now. Thank you, Kokui. And thank you, Kojo. Coming up next is the City Business News. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. 7 minutes to 7 City Business News is also sponsored now by GCB. It's time to be a G with G Money. It's the most reliable and secure mobile money wallet. Take part in the Win Like a G promo. Win monthly rewards or a brand new saloon car as the rewards as the grand reward. Visit any G-Money agent or GCB bank branch nationwide. Perform transactions to build points. Win amazing prizes such as a fridge, air conditioner, and many more or a brand new car. G-Money agents are part of this amazing promo. The more points, the better your rewards. G-Money is powered by GCB bank, Ghana's largest and safest bank. Also brought to you by MTN. Happy holidays. Your season just got better. From now until end December, you can get all your exciting streaming content and online learning on our absolutely unlimited broadband for only 250 cities a month. Enjoy the holidays on MTN Fiber Broadband. Browse, learn, do business and chill with no hidden charges, no caps, no stress. Dial star 5057 option 6. Select our vacation unlimited offer now and stay connected. And Goal has great news for prepaying customers with 2 password discounts per liter of fuel. You get amazing discounts and also free life insurance cover from My Life Insurance. Visit any Goal station or our website. Register now for the Goal Club. Goal Good Energy. City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Obio says joining us with the City Business News. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard, and good morning to you out there. Coming up in the bulletin, President Kufuor calls for increased private-public sector partnership to help develop Ghana's railway infrastructure. And later on, leading telecommunications company MTN expresses concern as the number of people getting defrauded by fake mobile money agents stays high. Let's bring it.
Bringing the details now, President Kufado has urged investors from Norway to consider partnering government to develop a mooring railway network in the country. Now, this uh, follows recent comments by the Minister for Railway Development, John Pitamel, to the effect that the government will not be able to construct any SkyTrain in the country in the near future. Now, the minister noted that funding for the construction of some of the already started projects is becoming problematic for the government. But in an address at the Ghana Norway Business and Investment Forum in Accra, President Kufado noted that his government is embarking on an aggressive program to attract the needed investment to develop the railway and road infrastructure needed in the country. Government is also embarking on an aggressive public-private partnership program to attract investment in the development of both our road and railway infrastructure. We are hopeful that with solid private sector participation, we can develop a modern railway network with strong production center linkages and with the potential to connect us to our neighbors. Members of the Norwegian business community, you can choose to invest in Ghana through the Ghana Investment Promotion Center or set up as a free zones enterprise. Regardless of where the investment is, Government has instituted a number of fiscal incentives to the invest for the investor, depending on the nature of the activity or the location of the investment. Ladies and gentlemen, I want us together to build a stronger Ghana-Norway investment relationship to the benefit of our respective shareholders. President Kufado there. Now, civil society organization ActionAid is calling on the government to renegotiate all IMF conditionalities and work for the suspension of the payments of interest on its loans. Now, the CSO says the call has become necessary to enable the government to raise the needed revenue to carry out its development agenda. The following report has more. Action Aid argues that the finance ministry must renegotiate the terms of the International Monetary Fund IMF in the country to be able to meet the increasing need for the critical workforce required in the public sector, especially in education and health. The absence of critical workforce is severely affecting the delivery of quality public services. As part of the IMF-sponsored fiscal consolidation program launched in 2015, the government accepted the key program conditionality of public sector wage rationalization policy to contain and reduce the wage bill. This included the government implementing a hiring freeze across most government agencies and the cap on nominal wage increases. Speaking to the media on the sidelines of a report launched by ActionAid titled The Public Versus Austerity, Margaret Brew Ward, acting head of programs for the CSO in Ghana, stressed the relevance of their call. Governments spend more on interest payments and debt servicing than invest in education and health. And uh, when it comes to education and health, these are key public services that are needed by women and persons living to bring about transformation in their lives. Provision of education, 
are, for instance, provision of child care centers will relieve women of the burden of child care uh, work and they will have enough time to engage in economic activity. Associate Professor of Economics at the University of Ghana, Professor Eric Oseasibi, further emphasized that the government must find ways to improve upon its revenues to address the challenge. Madame Ward-Brew stressed that government must take stringent measures to address the growing concern. We are saying that it is time to end austerity measures. In this COVID era, we encourage our Minister of Finance and all African Ministers of Finance to come together and renegotiate the terms of INF conditionalities. In the short term, suspend interest payments. In the medium to long term, reschedule all these interest payments and debt servicing so that they will get the needed resources to engage more public sector workers, invest more in public services to provide the quality public services needed in this country and other African countries. Margaret Brew Ward is the acting head of programs for ActionAid Ghana ending Michael Obodo's report. Away from that, the number of people getting defrauded by fake mobile money agents continues to stay high in Ghana as more monetary transactions are being carried out using digital means. Now, telecommunications giant MT in Ghana is thus still stressing the need for all Ghanaians to be vigilant in order not to fall prey to any momo fraud schemes. According to the senior manager for consumer marketing at MTN, Nana Asantua Megashi, Megashi's customers should be quick to report to the police the moment they are, they are scammed. There is more in this report. As of June 2021, the value of mobile money transactions stood at 89.1 billion Ghana cities compared to 45.3 billion cities last year. The value of mobile money interoperability transactions also saw a whooping jump by over 400% from 321 million Ghana cities to 1,640 million cities between June 2020 and June 2021. Although mobile money transactions keep increasing financial inclusion and have made mobile money transfers less stressful over the past years, it comes with some disadvantages as well. One of the challenges for users of the platform in Ghana these days is the phenomenon of mobile money fraud. The fraud is either perpetrated physically through robbery attacks on mobile money vendors or through a more sophisticated approach where a person's money can be stolen electronically from their wallet. Despite the various regulations and guidelines that have been implemented to strengthen and protect the mobile money system and customers, Momo fraud is still on the rise. Senior Manager for Consumer Marketing at MTN, Nana Santua Amegashi, reiterating the caution for customers to be vigilant at the final price presentation of the MTN at 25 promotion, taxed customers of MTN to report such fraudsters to the police to have them arrested. So, as they say, buyer beware, we make sure that um, we inform our customers, educate them, make sure they look out for signs of people defrauding them. We also, when needed, go to the police and then together work with the police to um, ensure that the people who are committing these crimes are arrested. So we do that as well as, but the important thing is to make sure that people are aware and then we um, inform them, educate them to know what to do, what to look out for, to be sure that they are not defrauded. 
You hear the senior manager for consumer marketing at MTN, Nana Santua Megashi, ending that report. Let's find out how the city is performing against its major trading partners. On the interbank foreign exchange market, where banks trade amongst themselves, the dollar is selling at 5 CDs 92 pesos. It recorded no price change. The British pound gained 3 pesos and is selling at 7 CDs 91 pesos. The euro gained 7 pesos and is selling at 4 CDs 74 pesos. The Chinese yuan remained unchanged and is selling at 93 pesos. The South African Run also remained unchanged and is selling at 37 pesos. Be guided that these figures will, however, be much higher at a forest bureau near you. Moving on, most companies in Ghana's platform economy like Bolt, Jumia Foods and Uber are yet to meet minimum standards of fair work, such as offering a living wage or minimum protection against accidents. Now, this is according to a survey conducted by the University of Oxford and the University of Ghana Business School. Now, the research, Fair Work Ghana Ratings 2021 Labor Standards in the Platform Economy, also revealed that despite the rapid growth of the platform economy in recent years, employees are not entitled to fundamental labor rights, including the right to form or join a trade union to bargain for better conditions. In an interview with City Business News, country manager Fair Work of Fair Work Ghana Project, Professor Thomas Ening Dawson, called for stronger protections and more robust labor standards in the Ghanaian platform economy. What we seek to do is to measure the level of working conditions in the platform economy, so how workers are treated by platforms. So we use our fair work principles, which are the five principles, fair pay, fair conditions, fair contracts, fair management, and fair representation. By that, what we're able to do is that we're able to highlight the things that we think are not right, based on the evidence that we're able to gather in the platform economy and also help platforms to improve their working conditions. And we do so by interviewing workers and also interviewing platform managers and doing our own independent research, desk research, to ascertain whether these principles that we are talking about are actually being implemented. So that was a country manager for Fairway Ghana Project, Professor Thomas Ening Dawson. There. Let's now join Gillian Hammer of DataBank for more on the topic, why you should stick to your investment game plan. Smart investing doesn't mean studying financial reports every day or trying to beat the market. For most of us, smart investing simply means making a plan and sticking to it. If you regularly set aside money for investments and resist the temptation to chase trends or panic at bad news, you'll be rewarded. Here are three steps you can follow to help stick to your game plan. Number one, focus on the future. What's your goal? Is it to have 1 million at retirement? Is it for a 50,000 CD down payment on your first home? The more specific you are, the easier it is to set realistic goals. If you need to save 1 million by the time you're 60, as an example, you can then calculate how much you'll need to set aside each month. Remember, the longer your time horizon, the more risk you may be able to take on. If your goals are short term, however, you should choose lower risk investments. Number two, stay the course. Short-term market swings and volatility can make some people nervous. It's understandable. The best thing you can do, however, is to stick to your plan and invest regularly for the long term. Avoid buying or selling based on your feelings about what may or may not happen in the future. Historically, sticking to a comprehensive plan over the long haul has produced better returns and minimized costs for the typical investor. Number three is to keep tabs. To reach your financial goals, it's important to track your progress. At least once a year, review your investments to see if you need to make any changes. At DataBank, our team is here to help you learn more about investing. So invest wisely, invest with DataBank. 
That was Gillian Hammer of Databank, and that does it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN, Goyle, Enterprise Life, and GCB Bank, and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. Do have a good business day. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. It's quarter past seven. Coming up next is kickoff. It's brought to us by Lesheho Christmas came earlier. Lesheho savings and loans. This is Imperial loans at Lesheho have become rewarding. Not alone from now till 17 December. And yourself free shopping vouchers to make this Christmas season enjoyable. Apply at our web forms at appforms.lesheho.com or call 0302208333. Lesheho, let's improve life. Benjamin Ketia is here. All the details from the world of sports. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Bernard. Let's get into the headlines. And GFA reschedules super clash between Hearts of Folk and Asante Kotoko. Liverpool take on Everton in the Merseyside derby tonight. Live radio commentary of that game here on 97.3 City FM. And in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns beat the Golden State Warriors to extend their winning streak to 17 wins. And let's start off with the Ghana Premier League and the Ghana Football Association has rescheduled the week 7 fixture of the Ghana Premier League game between Accra Hearts of Folk and Kumase Asante Kotoko. The match was postponed because of Hearts of Folk's involvement in the CAF Confederation Cup playoff stage. Hearts of Folk play JS Sora in Algeria in the second leg of their playoff on December 5 and will return to Ghana by December 10 per their itinerary, making it impossible for them to face Kotoko on December December 12 at the Accra Sports Stadium. The GFA says a new date for the match will be made public as soon as it is determined. Let's get to the continental stage and CAF President Patrice Motsepe believes that African Super League could herald a new dawn of commercial success for club football on the continent. CAF moved a step closer to shaking up the format of football in Africa after endorsing a controversial plan to introduce an African Super League. The competition will reportedly begin with 20 permanent members each of which is required to pay an admission fee of $20 million a year for the first five years. Now, while media deemed the idea preposterous, CAF President Mutsepe says the idea of an African Super League is hugely exciting. This is an important uh, competition which will benefit African football and improve the quality, but also generate income, not just for those clubs and countries that are participating, but for those that are not. So uh, we will make uh, an announcement in due course in terms of uh, what additional information we want to provide about the, the Super League. But it's something that's exciting. It's something that has huge potential and uh, it'll be submitted to... We took this decision today to say Exco must continue with the good work it's doing. 
So you had CAF President Patrice Motsepe speaking there. Let's get to some other news and licensed FIFA intermediary. Oliver Arthur believes the modest but confident nature of Felix Afenajan will help him to thrive as a young upcoming footballer. Arthur is the agent of the young AS Roma Wonder Kid and has observed his development since his time in high school in Ghana. Oliver Arthur was speaking on a yet-to-be-aired interview on the tracker on City TV. Humility? In, um, it's as a human being i think he's very humble so much believe in himself so much believe in his talent he has so much believe i, in I his saw talent. that when he scored that second yes so much believe in yeah. his talent you know he's a boy that he's very humble so it's not about somebody who brags okay he's not going to brag that I, but you could also see that he believes that he can do it he has so much belief um i remember when he was on the bench for the first time that he didn't come in mm -hmm. but I asked him how was it he said it was the crowd in the stadium it was it was it was just too much for me i was i was a bit a little bit scared i said so um, can you play when you get it said oh, yes, yes. when i get opportunity i know i will deliver so you could see so i think humility and then that belief in himself and when it come to the field i would see the speed and the power he has in his leg he has a lot of power and he's able to run and on the run still deliver Lions FIFA intermediary Oliver Arthur speaking there. Let's move on to the English Premier League and let's catch up with last night's action in game week 14. Now Leeds United, they managed to beat Crystal Palace by one goal to nil. Newcastle United also split points with Norwich City. That game ending 1-1. Now later today, um, there will be live radio commentary, of course, of that game between Everton and Liverpool in the Merseyside derby. In some of the other matches to come, there's Watford versus Chelsea. West Ham United taking on Brighton and Hove Albion. Wolverhampton won't just take on Burnley Southampton. Will be up against Leicester City. And then Aston Villa will be up against Manchester City. And ahead of that game, Aston Villa head coach Steven Gerrard says he's expecting his toughest task yet. Well, look, it certainly helped in terms of the, the feel-good factor around the place. The players are, are smiling. I think they've enjoyed uh, the, the two weeks we've had together. Um, winning football matches always helps in terms of the feeling around the place and the players have to take belief and confidence from them not just the results from the performances that they've given uh, I think you can see quite clearly they're listening and trying to do what we're asking of them but we're also aware that the games are coming thick and fast a real good side are coming into town tomorrow so it'll be a real big acid test for us but one that we want to go and give a real good positive account of ourselves in. Aston Villa head coach Steven Gerrard speaking there. Let's move on to some boxing. And unified lightweight champion George Cambosos Jr. says he was generally unimpressed with Teofimo Lopez after defeating him via a split decision for the WBO, WBA and IBF belts. The Australian came into the bout as the underdog but surprised Lopez with his movement and his punching technique. Now, according to Cambosos, Lopez did not live up to all the pre-bout hype. Look, I really wanted to feel the power. I wanted to see what the hype was about, but um, no disrespect to him. But yeah, he caught me in that round because I made a mistake in round 10, but the power was nothing nothing special. Mm. You know, I've been in there with welterweights, junior middleweights, and these junior middleweights and welterweights can't believe how hard I hit, and I'll take the shots, no problem. So, um, you know, that, that sparring with Manny Pacquiao, that as well. You know, the guys like Jose Ramirez, Ray Bertrand, Sergey Lipinitz, you know, back in Australia, Lenny Zapovigna. Here in the U.S., you know, Arnold Gonzalez was a very solid, solid guy. Adrian Sosa, you know, all these guys, you know, 
they can't believe what I do. So, um, you know, it was it was a very good win. And, um, you know, there was nothing really that, that surprised me. I knew the way he was going to fight. And um, we stuck to the game plan and won the fight. So you heard unified lightweight champion George Cambosas Jr. speaking there. Let's do some basketball. And Ghanaian professional basketball player Amida Braima has arrived in Belgium to begin a new journey with Belgian Premier Basketball side Filou Ostende. Now Braima, who is the second Ghanaian born to play in the NBA, has bounced around in recent times following his stint with the Indiana Pacers. He played shortly in Puerto Rico before making the move to Belgium and says he's looking forward to helping his new team win championships trying to throw that I am is um defensively mounted uh, minded I like to run a lot you know uh, pick and roll pick and roll is my strength uh, block shots rebounding you know you know I bring a lot of energy off on the court yeah, I'm looking forward to you know first of all winning as a team and um and playing whenever I step on the court I play my highest at the highest level and and I know doing that is going to bring championships Ghanaian professional basketball player Amida Brahma speaking there. Let's finish off with the NBA and the New York Knicks lost to their rivals, the Brooklyn Nets, by a single possession. 110-112. That's how that game ended. The Grizzlies beat the Raptors. The Phoenix Suns extended their winning streak to 17 after stopping the Golden State Warriors. 104-96 is how that game ended. The Phoenix Suns lost Devin Booker uh, to uh, an injury during halftime. So Devin Booker did not return to that particular game. The Portland Trailblazers also beat the Indiana Pacers and then the Lakers, led by Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis, managed to beat the Sacramento Kings 117 to 92. That's how we end this morning's edition of Kickoff. My name is Benjamin Iketia. Kickoff was brought to us by Lechego and Santo Energy. There's more sports at citysportsonline.com. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. Yeah, baby, I like the way you shake body. I get money, and then you bring my own code. Yeah, I swear I lie. Say who did me cheer? You don't go sorry. Forget your worry. I they come to spend so much money. Why? Yeah, yeah, brother, I am champion.
Abuba Gigi Wenny, Memory Papa Bini, Ainty Shiji Wenny, Jishi Wenny, Ah, Kindy Buchi Wenny, Miss Shiji Wenny, Yabruda. A few quick requests. Benna, please help me wish Mrs. Janet Adon a happy birthday. You've arrived from UK to bury your late mom on Saturday, but take a break and enjoy this special day because everything has its season. From your brother, Dr. Kwame Nchubwesiyanko of the Judicial Service, to Janet Adon. Wishing my husband, Casper Drukwating of Absa Bank, a happy birthday. He's a good and wise man, and I'm grateful to God for his life. May God continue to bless him. Also wishing my wife a happy birthday. Her name is Novi Charlotte. Wishing a happy birthday. I thank God for her life and I love her. Happy birthday to Timothy Kwekugoba of Daily Graphic. Coming from Essinu de la Setriako and Seduji Goba. And wishing a bright Ofusu anointing of Jaman and Kwamizu a glorious birthday. Coming from Prince in Koforidua. Friday, Jabolo, all night, Saturday, and I club with you. Yelly, I am Martin's amen, shock and Google cap with you. And the shape in our Bible, the band of Gophosi, Yala, so they snap in the bay. Tigas in our new chapel, walk well, Gabosha, one as on a club, and one bay. Dinamisomapan, <laughs> Was on the corner, no, I was so I saw fin to Mwanka. Sika Samini teacher pulley here fin to Mwanga, or to Mwambo. I will put on the tents for a part. I can was an engagement catch. Chapuli was crucified. Now so my message will be more for me. It's a Yamis of my pan, a yellow sumia, a visa unia, a visa was a woman. Oh, well, December 1, more birthdays coming in. This one says, Happy birthday to Reverend I.K. Asantiaji of Rehoboth Baptist Church in Quayman mm. from Mrs. Naomi Asantiaji and children. So, happy birthday to the uh, Osofo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Says, Happy birthday to Stacy now, Okaile Nunu of uh, Brie Girls SHS. Uh, she was the second runner up in the 2021 Inter Schools Public Speaking Competition. Uh, okay, that's um, coming from her mother and the rest of the family. So, 
Mm. Don't forget all your requests are brought to you by Creamy Plus Milk. And let me send this one. It says, uh, Happy birthday to Miss Mavis Benedicta Mensa. Uh, she is the head of HR and admin at QIC insurance she's a mother sister friend and everything to us this is from your wonderful family this is coming from nuku and nunya mary baba nadromo ni ofihana and all the bread of life methodist church sunday school children's service they say we love you this is also from isaac apo tete adams and your request are brought to you by creamy plus evaporator milk takes you back to original creamy taste of milk a great compliment to your tea, coffee, Gary Soakings, mask or cereals. It has vegetable fat that means it's gentle on your stomach. It gives your day a great start. Available in all girls shops, shell shops, but you're on a total and other supermarkets in the neighborhood. We'll take you back to Parliament yesterday. Very, very interesting things happening in our Parliament. On Friday, the minority rejected the budget and the majority at the time staged a walkout. Walk well, on Tuesday, the majority approved the budget and the minority boycotted. So they didn't even come in to even walk out. So where are we? What are the concessions the finance minister made? And was the first deputy speaker right in adding himself to the number of people? people present lots of different interpretations of the constitution article 104 standing under 109 the lawyers having a field day confusing all of us but let's not forget the main issue what is in the budget and what will the budget assistance help us so the approval is one thing but the content of the budget itself what it means for your business a couple of stories around what the budget e-levy could do to businesses i saw a post by somebody who says quick loans would literally die if the 1.75% e-levy is maintained. Then there's another one somebody sent about what that could do to his business as well. You recall I sent you data on this issue. On this issue as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On some countries who did this and the numbers once it happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where a lot of the debate has to be. Of course, the politics is also interesting because the way our parliament is, the minority is now saying that everything will be voted on. Don't forget, the budget statement is one thing. The appropriation is the details, details of what yes. every department and ministry or agency is going to get. So we'll come to all of that on the show today. But a great idea starts from small beginnings. Finding the right partner to open doors builds it up with the right support the right idea grows and takes shape and finally falls in place we are a public bank as a solid safe and secure bank growing with you from dream to reality is what we do best step into our blue portal step into success republic bank we're the one for you cooks Yep, we've got an announcement from the Electricity Company of Ghana. They want to inform the general public, especially its cherished customers, that the operations of the company's National Revenue Protection Task Force from the Ministry of Energy has kicked off against illegal connection activities in all ECG operational areas. The task force teams, assisted by security services, are authorized to check the integrity of ECG meters and service cables at customers' premises to unearth any illegality. ECG has the authority to prosecute persons engaged in illegal acts within the ECG network. Customers in the general 
general public are therefore cautioned to do the right thing and stop illegal connections. It amounts to a criminal offense and has dire consequences on the finances of the company and, of course, on reliable electricity supply. You can report any illegal illegal act to the nearest ECG office or call the task force on 0551-444-011. There's also an informant reward of 6% mm. of the surcharged amount upon confirmation of the crime. The identities of informants will remain strictly confidential. Mm-hmm. And this festive season, Access Bank says with the One Card campaign, there are three things involved. Get the perfect gift card, enjoy discounts of up to 25%, and shop online for free. Walk into any of our 53 locations across Ghana and get an instant card today. Or simply dial star 901 star 6 hash to request a card and have it delivered to your doorstep for free. You can call toll-free 0800-004-400 or go to ghana.accessbankplc.com. Access Bank, more than banking. To say yesterday was an eventful day will be an understatement. I'm taking you first into a press conference the majority held, the British Parliament, minutes after the approved the 2022 budget. Later on, I'll take you to a minority press conference on how both sides haggled over the same constitutional article 104 is saying that it's um we're subject to interpretation right different views being expressed and um go for it i really don't know i call it a double track parliament you know my initial reading of what happened was that i felt the minority should have attended mm. uh, because listening to all the analysis leading up to this so what happened on friday friday it looked like the majority couldn't get the numbers to match the minority mm. so they preferred to stage a walkout now the minority led by the speaker then went ahead to reject the budget they voted 137. Everybody said no. Now, the minority's contention was that per the interpretation of Article 104.123, you need more than half of members to be present for a vote to happen. All right? So, we have 275 MPs. So, having 137 is not more than half. And therefore, what happened on Friday, in their view, was illegal. So that's the main argument they make. Now, the minority's response is that, well, you were in parliament. You just decided not to vote. You staged your workout. But if you go to the record, because you were in parliament that day, you were present, but you did not vote. Some people said present and voting means more than half. So that's the haggle they were haggling. Okay. So they were basically saying the Mr. Speaker was wrong in allowing them to vote down the budget. Okay. So that was the Friday position, which led us to the weekend discussions. Then on Tuesday... They go back. We still have, purportedly, 137 MPP now. Mm-hmm. 138 MPP now. 137 NDC. Now, the catch is that Speaker Babin is in Dubai for me- head medical review. So, Joe Weiss, who is the first deputy speaker, mm-hmm. who is an MPP member, has to sit in the chair. In the chair. So, now you take Article 104, 123, and then you take signing order 109. Now, Joe Weiss is in the chair presiding. Mm-hmm. So, once he's presiding, he doesn't have a vote. Yeah. So the, the argument is that it will be 137 MPP, 137 NDC. Mm-hmm. Now, what we know about a motion is that if a motion gets equal number of votes for and against, the motion stands defeated. Yeah. Now, based on our understanding of what happened on Friday, the first thing that ought to have happened was there has to be a decision on what happened on Friday. Right. So even if Joe Weiss is sitting, the majority will come up with a motion to say what happened on Friday was illegal. The majority, minority will say, we disagree. It will go to a vote. If it goes to a vote, it will be 137-137, which means the motion is defeated. 
So this is the this is the view we I I went to the observation with. All right. Now let me play for you what the majority said and then what the minority said and we'll come back and see whether between what we consider to be the situation and what the two sides said whether we are on the same page or whether they could have been a different outcome and what all of this means so let's start with james abunsu he spoke at a press briefing justifying the decision to first declare the friday event as null, null and void because it was unconstitutional and then go ahead to approve the budget what was done, perpetually done, was in flagrant violation of our own orders and the Constitution. And we thought that as a House, we should come to some determination on this together. Because, colleagues, this is not the first time such a thing has come before the House. I refer us to something that happened during the day of the Honorable Do Ajaho as the Speaker of the House. A decision had been made by the House and Ajaho, Right Honorable Do Ajaho, came with a statement who should have informed the speaker about what he did and i'm quoting from a ruling of the supreme court which they extracted from our own hands at and i'm quoting the president in the house indeed this is not the first time the house is facing this problem the speaker should have followed the precedent set by his predecessors. When a similar issue arose in the sixth parliament on the 22nd of December 2015, the then first deputy speaker of parliament, Honorable Ebo Barton Odro, after reading order 1091 of the standing orders, ruled that the whole voting process was an exercise in futility. It's akin to what we just did. Later in the day, the speaker, Right Honorable Edward Kobe Do Ajaho, again ruled on the same matter as follows. And I'm quoting what Ajaho also said. Honorable members, you are aware that this house is not supreme. We are subject to the constitution of the Republic of Ghana. The rule is that where the constitution has made a provision for regulation of the business of the house they take precedence over any other indeed the standing orders of this house there is quorum to do business and that is according to jaho who understood the imperatives of our rules our statutes and our constitution he says there is quorum to do business and that is one third of the house and there is quorum to take a decision so we need to draw a distinction between the quorum to do business and the quorum to take a decision. The quorum to take a decision is regulated by Article 1041. The fundamental question is, and I'm still quoting Ajaho, is that the time that the vote was taken, did we have at least half of the honorable members present? It is a constitutional issue which has been captured by a standing order 
1091 of the, our standing orders. If you go by the results of the head count, and there had been a head count, by adding 67 to 66, we will get 133. Therefore, there is a serious constitutional issue here. So at the time that the votes were taken, this house lacked the legal, in fact, the constitutional capacity to take a decision. I would have thought that our speaker would have been guided by this president. This quotation by his predecessor speaker. So I entirely endorse the position taken by the first honorable, the, uh, the honorable first deputy speaker, that we do not have the number constitutionally speaking, to take a decision. Therefore, in accord, in respect of this, no decision has been taken. That's the president. So nobody is manufacturing this from anywhere. It has happened before in the sixth parliament, and there is a record of this. So, compatriots, what we have done is just to recognize the fact that what happened on that day was a complete violation of the Constitution. It cannot stand the test of any constitutional test or even the test of our own standing orders. So, it's the reason why we said that it is a nullity, it is void, and it's of no effect. What we did today is to indeed recognize that something happened. But what happened really was a nullity and illegality. So what we did today was to reinstate, so to speak, the original motion and have a properly constituted house take a vote on it. And as you have seen, the decision is that we have approved of the motion moved by the minister responsible for finance who representing the, uh, the president submitted to this house the budget statement and economic policy of the government for the year ending December 31st, 2022. That, in short, is what we have done today. So for emphasis, the budget of 2022 was never rejected by the house and today the record has been set straight. Pale, 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 politician. Can you make a right decision? So that was also Chairman Sabonsu speaking to the press yesterday. So that's his view. Now what happened on Friday was unconstitutional, so it was null and void. And they by voice vote is to basically just declared this illegal and then they went ahead to approve the budget after the, the, the finance minister spoke. Now let's hear the minority side. They also met the press minutes after the uh, incident and also addressed their concerns. Today will pass in history as a dark day for Ghana's constitutional parliamentary democratic practice. And at that day, because those seeking to govern are seeking to approbate and reprobate at the same time. As a popular maxim of equity, we say that he who seeks equity must do equity. And he who comes to equity must come with clean hands. Today, I intend to address 
three fundamental issues. One, to explain why the minority were not in the chamber. Because as far as practicable, we on Friday rejected the 2022 budget, which is, which is reflected in the votes and proceedings. And I'm particularly happy that even the majority leader in his submissions admitted that we were 137, but decided to lead his side to walk out, a walk out to avoid humiliating defeat that was deserving of him and his government. And that's why I say, let me refer you, distinguished ladies and gentlemen of the press, I'll deal with Article 104 comprehensively supported by standing order 109 comprehensively and just read 1043 for my purposes except as 1041 except as otherwise provided in this constitution matters in parliament shall be determined by the votes of the majority of members present and voting with at least half of the members of parliament present the word voting was not even added to this particular constitutional provision. But more importantly, is Article 1043. And this is where the Ghanaian people must know them for what they are and what they stand for. That they don't believe in the letter and spirit of this constitution. Neither do they have faith that minority views must be respected and upheld for the good of our country and for, good of, for the good of our governance. 1043 reads, and I'm going to do some constitutional arithmetic for our purposes. It reads, where the votes on any motion are equal, it shall be taken to be a loss. So when you take Friday votes and proceedings, we're 137. They haven't even today challenged it the total number of members of parliament present, I'm not going to add and voting, just present, was 274. So demonstrably, our 137 were present. It is reported there that one of their members, Sarah Ajua Safo, was absent. So under Article 1043, they were aware that if they had voted, there will be 137, and will be 137, and the vote would have been lost. That is constitutional. So we want the Ghanaian people to understand why they stage a walkout. Parliament is not about, I have these numbers in the air or outside the chamber, but I have these members present and voting. So it was to avoid a humiliating defeat. So mathematically, they had no option. The Friday could only produce one irresistible outcome. 137, 137, which makes the budget Yamutu killed. So we have no hesitation. Apart from the fact that they were present and worked out on their own volition, voluntarily, having asked for division. Who walks away from a division? When you ask for it, you stay to be counted. But because they knew that it would produce equality of vote, which meant that the budget was defeated, 
they sought to work out. Now they say they respect the constitution and they say they respect the standing orders of parliament. Today, I'm particularly disappointed in the conduct of the first deputy speaker. Yeah. Having to include himself and to exercise a vote in order to meet their mandatory defined 138 without recourse or respect to our standing orders and to the 1992 constitution. Let him be reminded, and I quote, standing order 109, voting in the House. Everyone, I'll read it in full. But standing order 1092 reads, Mr. Speaker shall have neither an original nor a casting vote. And if upon any question before the House, the votes are equally divided, the motion shall be lost, as I indicated. But for our purposes today, 1093 reads, a Deputy Speaker, and for my purposes, first Deputy Speaker, and the member for the choir. It reads, I'm, I added that. The Constitution says, a deputy speaker or any other member presiding shall not retain his original vote whilst presiding. So, constitutionally, they were also 137. So, Ghanaians should expect that what they have done is also a nullity to quote them if we are to respect the provisions of the Constitution. Standing Order 109 is also itself derived from a constitutional provision of Article 104.2, which reads, the Speaker shall have neither an original nor casting vote. We all know for purposes of today that the person presiding and the Speaker for today was the Honorable Joseph Oseusu of Bekwai, a speaker. He has no business counting himself among them. And therefore, as far as we are concerned, today's vote reflected another 137 by those who respect the tenets of the Constitution and the standing orders of the Parliament of Ghana. So, so that was Harun Adrisu. There's more on this later on. So I think we, we get we get the 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 two sides. Are <laughs> shaking her head? I'm shaking my head because upon all the honourable minority leaders' plenty English and constitutional quotes, mm -hmm. the simple question is: So why did you boycott the vote? Why not go with even numbers? Why? I, I, th th that question I was asked. And I, I, yes, I, okay, so what I, I'll do is I'll when I come back, I'll somebody actually asked this question you're asking, and Haruna tried to answer as did um, Muntaka. They, and they actually took two shots at answering that question. So that suggests a very important question. So the journalists asked the question. Haruna initially answered it, but I feel they felt it wasn't a good enough answer. So Mutaka came back to try and answer it. So, so you just hold on. You hear that? Because the same question I also had. So it's 8 o'clock.
let's bring you tech and show me that trends. Probably brought to us by Vodafone. Yes, indeed. From 1st October 2021, all SIM cards in Ghana must be registered again with only the Ghana card. You register by dialing star 404 hash and then you can follow the prompts. Then you go in to your telco provider and complete the registration. All right. You can dial the NCA toll free 0800-110-622 or visit them on social media. You can also go to their website, nca.org.gh. This announcement is brought by Kind Kurtz, your Vodafone. Tech and social media trends also brought by Standard Chartered Bank. Now, if you want a bank that helps you achieve your wealth priorities, go to Standard Chartered. You can call or SMS 023-300-0650 or go to sc.com slash gh. Standard Chartered, here for good. And Daniel Cranting is also here for good. It, it doesn't mean bad. <laughs> it means well. Good morning, Danny K. Good morning, Benash. I like your double a boy. Yeah, man. Yeah, double a boy. Yeah. Powerful. Charlie, what's happening? Um, that, look, the trends have been taken over by yesterday's parliamentary proceedings. Parliament is trending. Joe Weiss is trending. NDC MPs are trending. <laughs> so, um, yesterday... Yeah, wow. <laughs> The Speaker of Parliament, Avangbang, mm. he's out of the country. Yes. Um, so, minority, they boycotted yesterday's proceedings. As a result of that, mm-hmm. the second deputy speaker, Joe First deputy. First deputy. Mm-hmm. Um, he sat in as speaker. Um, and in the minority's absence, uh, the majority voted to render last Friday's budget rejection null and void. Mm-hmm. According to them, there weren't enough numbers constitutionally required. Um, to pass that. Then they approved the 2022 budget. And the minority have since branded the approval of the budget illegal. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of people talking on Twitter. Um, MP Quarting, he says, I learned the speaker is neutral and non-politically affiliated whilst presiding. Mm-hmm. So how come Joe Weiss became an MP and the speaker at the same time? Mm. Um, Nana Boachiwa, she says, once again, the minority have disappointed their constituents. If they didn't boycott parliament, they would have uh, potentially raised the question on everybody's minds whether the uh, second um, deputy speaker, uh, Honorable Joe Weiss, um, had the right to vote. But no. Uh, Kweku Simpe says no. Uh, so Joe Weiss didn't um, vote, but counted himself as MP to <laughs> form uh, the needed number of votes. Mm, the so-called quorum. That is fair. Mm. Um, also in the trends is uh, Apostle Joshua Selman. He's uh, trending as a result of uh, yesterday's impact uh, deep three yep. uh, at the Action Chapel International. Of course, he ministered yesterday mm. and he's trending as a result. Also mm. in the trends mm-hmm. is Rapaholic 2021. Yeah. Uh, Obede, <laughs> the king. Yes, yesterday he dropped the freestyle announcing his concert, Rapaholic 2021. Mm. Fantastic announcement. I, I, want when, I want Nathan to drop something before Christmas. He has to drop something. Nathan, this year he's not. Charlie, this year we may face low. We need something. Drop something. It's very necessary. Or is it the e-levy that's affecting you? Is the economy affecting your rapping anointing? I'll look for a bit for you. Don't worry, we are in the lab. Uh, oh, 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 okay, oh, okay, okay, okay. We are in the lab. Something's yeah. coming. I like that. My <laughs> shoe. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Kevaka tweeted something. Oh, no, there's something cooking. There's something cooking. Yeah, there's something cooking. <laughs> I'm recording something. So it's, it's true, it's true. Um, some tech news before I go. Now, Twitter, 
Mm. Uh, they see images and videos mm -hmm. of private individuals um, shared without their permission are now against their policies, mm -hmm. so they can be removed on request. Okay. And the thing that pops into my mind is, you see, uh, mm -hmm. Coach Christopher Nimli's popo in picture. Oh, Charlie! Yeah. People are taking people it. People are taking and it. And they are dead. So right now, Coach Vex, you Charlie. just go and report it. To and you know that match? I think there was a match man you was playing. It was man you West Ham. West Ham. Man United. So Nimli, you are not three one. If you are going and people are just misbehaving. Misbehaving with the picture. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. It's 8-11, still on City Breakfast Show. So the main issue this morning is the budget. The Friday rejection has been overturned by the majority. So the minority under Speaker Bagben on Friday rejected the budget. The minority the majority under first deputy speaker Joe Osewusu declared the Friday rejection a nullity and went ahead to approve the budget. Um we've heard from the majority minority. Let me take you into a question Kukui was asking. So you were asking what was your question again? question was why the why the minority boycotted the vote all right somebody also has that question yesterday at a press conference mm -hmm. so i want to listen to the question and then the answer they gave the question and answer was um so two people give the answer haruna first and Muntaka. but here's the question since you are 137 if we were present what that meant was that when the question was put we have had no 137 to counter the yes 137 uh we don't intend to respond to that what we do know is that they say we should respect constitution and that we're 137. We're also aware that they are 137, but they are jubilating that they have approved the budget, yet we couldn't reject the budget with the same number. We leave that to your thoughts. I was asking that if we were in the chamber, we could have been 137, 137, the vote have been lost. I believe someone put a video of me with Professor Quay, where it is the speaker, you must cut the speaker's eye. And we are very informed what they were trying to do. What they were trying to do was that if we were in the chamber after the question, he would go blind and he would not see. But our presence will have given them a vote of uh, vote and proceedings of tomorrow of 275 to legitimize just as we are insisting that we were 274. So our absence will give them a vote of proceedings tomorrow of 138 minus a speaker that is one to seven. The standard order says, and I'll quote, in order seven, Speaker or Mr. Speaker includes member presiding at a sitting. So if you are sitting, you become, if you are in the chair, if you are presiding, you become Mr. Speaker. You cannot, for purposes of decision, be counted as part of those who were there to take decision. And if we were in the chamber and he went blind to call us to be able to call for headcount, they will have, we will have helped them legitimize what the action they were doing. And that was why, strategically, we had to be absent 
so that the voter proceedings will show. Because the two records will become the records of this country, yeah. thousands of years to come. Borrow the hands out, and then the vote of proceedings. And it will be clearly shown on Friday, we were 2.74. As against on Tuesday, 1.38, when one was presiding as speaker. So that's the major reason why we, 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 we chose to be absent. Because it was clear during the discussions that that was what they wanted to do. We have to bring the curtains down. So that was so your question needed two people to answer it. So that that that's the question. Are you convinced by the responses? Um, I think Muntaka tried. Uh, Haruna's answer was, I think he tried to dismiss the question, but Muntaka sort of was fair to the question. And he's my understanding of what he's saying is that they know that because of the plans of the majority, even if they had gone, whatever issue was put, the speaker would not take their submission which i think would be odd because for example if if you said we have if let's, let's for, for sake of the argument let's assume they go to parliament and then the majority said what happened on friday was illegal so here's a motion to declare what happened illegal now when you have a motion you obviously would need to hear from both sides of the house right so maybe uh, deputy speaker will say yes a deputy uh, marking will say yes it was illegal give the legal reasons then how now stand up and say no this was it was legal then they'll say okay let's vote on it that's what happened, right? So I think for Mutaka is saying that when it comes to let's vote on it, the speaker will go blind and use a voice vote. Because I'm sure then, they'll, because you, when, you, when you have a closed parliament like this, de deciding whether to have a voice vote or a head count, I think it's a routine thing, unless I don't know. Mm. So he's basically saying that if they had gone, the speaker would still have listened to only the majority and pretend he hasn't seen the minority. And then probably put it to a voice vote and declare that the majority has won. And but they would have then endorsed the decision because they would have gone there. That's so, the, so, I, I, so effectively saying that their presence there would have helped the endorsement of the budget. Is that should okay, I you know what? that as, listen listen yeah. to the question okay. again and because me I I'm trying I'm trying to explain it. I'm not I'm understanding. <laughs> so you listen please play the question again. But this is the question you asked, right? Yes. It's the same question you asked. Same question. Listen to it again. Okay. You are one thirty seven. If we were present what that meant was that when the question was put, we have had no 137 to counter the yes 137. Uh, we don't intend to respond to that. What we do know is that they say we should respect constitution and that we're 137. We're also aware that they are 137, but they are jubilating that they have approved the budget, yet we couldn't reject the budget with the same number. We leave that to your thoughts. I was asking that if we were in the chamber, we could have been 137, 137, the vote would have been lost. I believe someone put a video of me with Professor Quay, where it is the speaker, you must cut the speaker's eye. And we are very informed what they were trying to do. What they were trying to do was that if we were in the chamber after the question, he would go blind and he would not see. But our presence will have given them a vote, of, a vote and proceedings of tomorrow of 275 to legitimize just as we are insisting that we were 274. So our absence will give them a vote of proceedings tomorrow of 138 minus a speaker, that is 137. The standard order says, and I'll quote, in order 7, speaker or Mr. Speaker includes member presiding at a sitting. So if you are sitting, you become, if you are in the chair, if you are presiding, 
you become Mr. Speaker. You cannot, for purposes of decision, be counted as part of those who were there to take the decision. And if we were in the chamber and he went blind to call us to be able to call for a head count, they will have, we would have helped them legitimize what the action they were doing. And that was why, strategically, we had to be absent so that the vote on proceedings will show. Because the two records will become the records of this country thousands of years to come. Both of the Hansard and then the vote of proceedings. And it will be clearly shown on Friday we were 274. As against on Tuesday 138 when one was presiding as speaker. So that's the major reason why we, 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 we chose to be absent. Because it was clear during the discussions that that was what they wanted to do. All right, so, so so far, so good. 18 minutes past eight. We're trying to understand what happened. So far, we understand the Friday I incident. They were all in parliament, and Bagwin was staring. And when it became obvious that the majority would not get enough people, they staged the walkout. The minority didn't let that affect them. They said, well, even if you walked out, because you were in parliament from the beginning, a walkout is fine. We will over we will reject the budget. The majority said no. Because we were not there. So remember when the uh, chairman Sa and uh, Joe Weiss were talking, they said when you go to page 10, we, only 137 people were there. So basically saying that you didn't have the quorum to vote on the matter. All right. Now on, man, on Tuesday, minority doesn't go at all. Mm. So they have 138. But one of the 138 is chairing. Yeah. And based on understanding, you can't chair and vote. But he said, well, I am present. And then he said, you just need majority of those present voting to in favor of. Yeah. So even if it was just 100 people who said yes, the budget will pass. Do you understand? That's what he said. Now the minority is saying two things. You said our 137 was not quorum. So why are you using 137 to overturn what was supposedly wrong? That's the first point. Yeah. But the question for the minority is, well, with Joe Weiss chairing, it's 137, 137. Mm -hmm. So, and if it's 137, 137, as I has already pointed out, every motion they bring stands defeated. Mm -hmm. So, if the minority is united and they have the 137, they could have still said, whatever motion the ma majority brings stands defeated. Let me talk to Alassane Suhini. No, before you talk to Suhini. I just want him to explain. I, I, I want you to contemplate this and ask Suhini. Okay. Because these are my thoughts on this mm -hmm. matter. I'm thinking, mm -hmm. I, I'm thinking the minority had this in mind. Look. We rejected this budget on Friday. Mm -hmm. Why do we show up to reject something we've rejected already? Yeah, but but whatever I did on Friday, Tuesday is a Parliament day. Yes. So if you, even if you you've rejected a budget on Friday, mm -hmm. there's parliamentary business on Tuesday. Yes. And the business of Parliament is determined by the leadership. Yes, but they are, they knew what the agenda was. Yeah. The day. So by staying away, mm -hmm. how have they helped themselves? No, by staying away, the new one, the budget will pass. Two. They did not have to come back and reject what they've already rejected. But the agenda was not to reject the Tuesday, Friday. No, but budget. the agenda that day we knew was that the what was uh, the they knew the ma uh, the majority side were coming to reinstate. Okay, you so okay. The only me... thing they would do is to reject. So okay. why reject something I have already told you? But somebody rejected will... and stand by. But why why don't you come and protect what you've rejected? Exactly. Why don't you come and protect the decision you've taken? That's it. There's no need to protect why it if you it believe vacant? that what you did on Friday yes. was constitutional. So he is on the line. Let me talk to him. So Godfrey's view is that there was no point in going if you know that you've already rejected a budget. 
Sweeney, we are all just um, doing. And we finish, you must come back. But you, you are, you are part of the minority. So explain your thinking process to us. So far, we understand Friday, but we understand yesterday well. So what happened right. yesterday? Right. Um, thank you, Bernard and the team. Uh, let me ap uh, appeal to Koku to um, uh, perhaps give me an open mind as I try to explain for her to get uh, the strategy that was behind our decision to stay away. So first of all, I think that we need to put a few things in perspective. Um, we need to first of all define what a column is. What a column is. It, it is simply said that it's a minimum number of votes, votes needed for a valid election. That's how a column is defined. A minimum number of votes needed for a valid election. Then you go to our standing orders where we are told that the person preside, presiding is Mr. Speaker and shall not retain the original vote. So the Speaker was completely wrong to suggest that being part of quorum was not a vote that was cast. Because we are told that a quorum is the minimum number of votes that is required for an election to be valid, or for a valid election. So even in the determination of a quorum, a vote is taken. And so the Speaker was completely wrong on that. And, what in, and, and we knew that they were going to try something like that. And Bernard, I've sent you a video of um, 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 our chief whip in a banter with um, Professor Michael Quay. If you watch that video, or if you listen to the, the interaction that took place when Professor Michael Quay was speaker in the seventh parliament, you'll understand why we took this, the step that we took uh, yesterday. The, Chief Whip was on his feet and was not recognized. In fact, he went beyond standing on his feet to do what was unparliamentary, to put on the mic and challenge the speaker. But Professor Michael Quay still didn't see him and still carried on with government business with the majority. He ranted and ranted until he sat down. And Speaker Michael Quay did not even pay heed to him. And we thought, given the information that we were picking, that they were going to do the same thing to us if we were on the floor. And it would not have, our, our protests would not have been recognized, we would not have been noticed, but what we would have been doing would have been to, you know, uh, validate attendance. Because our argument for Friday, if you look at Article 1041, there are two requirements when you are taking a decision. The first requirement is in the last phrase after the comma in that uh, article. It says, at least half of members present. So to make a decision, you need half of members present. The second requirement is that that half, at least half, out of that at least half, majority must, you know, uh, carry the day or carry the decision. Majority present and voting. That is majority of those present and voting. So you can be present and choose not to vote. So our argument for Friday has been that the majority side was present. And it is born, I mean, it is supported or justified by the votes and proceedings of Friday. That indeed, 274 members of parliament were present. So they opted not to vote. 
But were, were, they, were they present during the voting or they were present in the house? Because there are many things that happen within the house. So they could have been present for the day, but during the voting absent. So when he says present and voting, is it referring to the day, the parliamentary day, or the voting occasion? So 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 let's let's break down Article 104. It says members present and voting will take the decision. But the last phrase says at least half of the house present. It did not say whether they are present in the chamber or they are present when the question is being put. It just said at least half should be present. And by our votes and proceedings for Friday, half was present. I mean, more than half was present. 274 was present. But those who were present and voting, as the votes and proceedings also reflect, were 137. So clearly, our argument has been that what we did was constitutional. Now, if we had gone into the house and we were ignored, we would have fallen in the same soup that we fell in on Friday. Because we would have been recorded as being present. And that would have validated the action that they took. But using, using but I get it, but using Okwe's behavior with uh, Muntaka to second guess um, Joe Weiss may be a supposition. Because in fact, when Joe Weiss went into the chamber yesterday, he asked that they do a count. All right of the numbers and then when they had finished he said well i am the 138th so i don't know how sure you were that what happened with muntaka and speaker okwe which of we we know was such a big scandal that it led to all kinds of conversations would exactly happen with with joe Weiss. i don't know how you came by that calculation well you know in these things um it's like the art of war you all pick uh, information from each other as you strategize uh, your approach for the day. And so it was uh, uh, one of the things that was on the table for them to use. And we picked up that intelligence. And so we thought that it was better for us to uh, deny them the, 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 the required number of people who are supposed to be present. But, but, but if you follow this path, then it means that every time Sugababin is not in the house, you can't vote on anything because... Haruna also said to us yesterday that from now, even for the appropriation, every item will go by voting. So that, that, that he then should add the caveat that if Speaker Babi is in the chair, because based on what you did yesterday, if Joe Weiss is in the chair, he will not catch the eye of anybody from your side. So he will use simple voice vote to overrule you all the time. That's what you are saying. No, you see, what, what yesterday was crucial. And so we needed to make the point that this is something that they can... Uh, 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 use because it has been used before and we picked up information they were considering it. So we have sensitized people enough and what we will do next is, I mean, I, I shouldn't be disclosing what we'll do next, but uh, you can you can count on the minority that um, whether Speaker Bagman is in the chair or not, uh, we have other strategies that we will use to ensure that uh, our position, you know, uh, carry the day. We are still of the view that the budget for 2022 uh, uh, have been rejected constitutionally. And what they did was yesterday was a constitutional nullity. And like I've explained to you, even in the determination of a quorum, you take a vote. To determine a quorum, it's a vote that is taken to determine the quorum. So the speaker couldn't have taken that vote to determine that uh, a quorum had been formed. Because 
by outstanding orders, uh, clearly the person presiding is speaker and is denied to take a, a vote, uh, a well, so, so Hini, fair, fair enough. So if you if the 2022 budget stands rejected, well, then what does Haruna mean by we are going to vote on the items on the appropriation? If the budget is rejected, there's nothing to appropriate. <laughs> yeah, our, our appeal actually is to them to act fast. The executive to act fast, to revise and resubmit the budget. But we are just having notice but that by their conduct, by their conduct yesterday, they have emboldened us to, 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 to take positions that, you know, uh, 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 will, will, will make corporations suffer. Because by their conduct, they have clearly indicated to us that they are not ready to cooperate with us and that they are not ready to work with us to move this country forward. And so we are rather serving notice that time is not on their side. And if they care about uh, the governance of this country, they care about the democracy of this country, they should be working fast to present a revised budget. And, for example, the Minister of Finance, even after the charade that they did, uh, spoke of some revisions he was going to make. How will that, those revisions be captured? When will they be captured? If they claim that they approved what he originally presented. How will, how will those be captured? So it is just an ego trip that they are engaging, even as they concede that that budget that was presented needs revision, they are unable to do the right thing by resubmitting a revised budget. Because the finance minister, even in his presentation, admitted that they are making revisions. So how will those revisions be captured? Because the motion that was moved, you know, and they engaged in the charade of, approve, uh, charade of uh, uh, approving, did not include those revisions. I think the speaker That's said, the I think the speaker said at the end that subject to the revisions of the when he was asked by chairman sir to repeat his, his his ruling he said the budget is approved subject to the inclusion of the revisions stated by the finance minister before this motion was exactly Bernard. so that is the point we are making that they are just engaged in gimmicks to appease their base they clearly accept that what we did was constitutional and what we are demanding is that a revised budget be submitted so that we can consider that revised budget. What should be in the revised budget was, you know, not agreed upon by leadership yesterday. But they are running away from acknowledging the fact that the original budget was rejected because they don't want that to reflect in the, in the, in the records of the House. But it's too late because it's been reflected already that that original budget was rejected. So it is time for them to wake up and smell the coffee and just admit to what is real so that we can all move forward. But by their conduct and their attitude, they are making the work more difficult for themselves. And that is why the minority leader hinted that by this attitude, moving forward, we will have to vote on everything that we could easily compromise on as, 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 as people working together to uh, advance the cause all of right. government. Thank you, Suhini, for your, your intervention. We appreciate it. Suhini Al-Hassan is a member of parliament for Tamale North. Um, explaining the thinking behind minority uh, choosing not to take part in yesterday. Is, uh, we'll, we'll take a break, bring you your money, and then we'll talk to two lawyers on this from different angles. So there's clearly the political side of this and the legal side. But don't forget the base of all this is the economics. The base of all of this is whether the budget is going to help us or not. So I know Ghanaians will like legal arguments, but let's not forget the main thing. The main thing is the 
the the level of the e levy for example whether that's yes, going no, 1.5 uh, yeah. we are not yeah so we, we'll try and keep an eye on all three points but uh, your money is brought to you by cal bank throughout the month of the, the november we gave you a very exciting offer where making payments splitting bills among your buddies and rating invoices all could be done through the cal app and we also said to learn more about this you could call 0800-500-500 or chat with us on our social media platforms so visit carbank.net to know more about our digi november carbank forward together all right so it's midweek and we're still talking money we are benadino mm. and i know people are t- look sometimes i post the savings challenge amount for the week and people will say okay E-Levy is coming, oh, Charlie, we don't get money. money. But I have to give you the amount. The Mm. reminder today is 115 Ghana cities Mm. is the amount we're putting away Mm. uh, for this week. Mm -hmm. And our goal is, in fact, we're in December, so this is the month. By the end of this month, 5,000 Ghana cities is the goal, or whatever your goal, your personal goal was, Mm. okay, Mm. to Mm. put something away every week. Mm. So, Charlie, it's a finishing. Yeah, go on, yes, go on. 115 (laughs) cities. Mm. That's it. Mm. That was your money. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Alright, let's talk to a couple of people to just get their legal perspectives on this. So yesterday I spoke to Samir Daku. Uh, he's a lawyer. He's been following this pretty closely. He, he had given me his view on what was going to happen. And now we're back to find out what he makes of what, what took place. Now, his original article was very interestingly captioned. <laughs> he says, can a deputy speaker overturn a decision of a substantive speaker on grounds of alleged illegality? Well, Sami, I guess your question has been answered. It's a big yes. He did that yesterday. What do you make of yesterday's proceedings? Well, I, I expected every, every bit of it. But uh, let me also say that apart from being a lawyer, I have also been a parliamentary correspondent for, I was a parliamentary correspondent for over five years. And so at least I, I'm, I'm also very familiar with parliamentary proceedings and mm-hmm, procedure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. So, so Bernard, everything was expected. So if you see my article, I said that I had used the deputy and the speaker because I feel it was a clash of law and politics. And, and whatever you look at it, there was still going to be some bit of uh, bulldozing, uh, be it with justification. But again, we we are all espousing our views, but the ultimate view, which makes it binding, is when, say, uh, the justices of the Supreme Court or, say, any justice of, of a superior court makes a pronouncement in respect of a matter they are seized with. Now, what happened in Parliament yesterday, for me, was expected. And, but there are a few issues I would like to bring out. And my position stems from the fact that I said that the prophecies of what Parliament was going to do and nothing pretentious is what I'm trying to say. Now, the majority, what has happened is very interesting because the majority are saying that in order to take, uh, make, t- take a decision in Parliament, you require not less than half. And we, from yesterday, we've all agreed that the half will be 138. So in essence, they have 138 members. However, there's an issue I raised yesterday, which I still find to be important. Out of the 138, two of them occupy 
a position, first and second deputy speakers. Now, that is an office. And I've said that anytime you preside, you are acting within that office of the speaker. Now, if you're acting within that office of the speaker, my argument has been that the reason why you as a member of parliament is able to act as you're able to act as a deputy speaker is because you are first a member of parliament, as uh, many of them have been quoting Article 96. Um, they've been quoting Article 96, yes. Article 96 to, to say that, yes, um, he's first a member of parliament. We all agree a deputy speaker is first a member of parliament. But a deputy speaker is not just any ordinary member of parliament. His privileges and the things he enjoys is far above his peers. That tells you that it's not, it's not as simple as okay, being a member of parliament. Now, that is one. The second position I'm trying to say is that if you go into the standing orders, order one, uh, 109, I think um, three, let me, let me get it right, order 1093, it provides specifically that a deputy speaker or any other member presiding shall not retain his original vote while, whilst presiding. My argument is that when, the, when it says you shall not retain your original votes, voting is one of the fundamental rights of a member of parliament. So if it says you shall not retain your original vote, it means it's denying you of your right as a member of parliament for say, why? To be able to vote by virtue of you going to occupy that office. Because when you occupy that office, you now become a referee although you belong to a party or you are a member of parliament. And I've said that you even occupying that office is because you are a member of parliament, not because you are an MP or you are somebody else, you are a minister or someone else, because no minister or any other person can become a, a deputy speaker, but for a member of parliament. Now, let me go back to the constitution and show you a provision. Now, and here, somebody will say, oh, he's trying to confuse. I'm not trying to confuse anything. If you look at Article 102 of the 1992 Constitution, Article 102 of the Constitution is purely on quorum. Remember, what we are talking about has to do with taking a decision. So the two may not be the same. But, you know, in, in looking at a law, you must look at it in a whole. Article 102 says that a quorum of parliament, apart from the person presiding, shall not shall be one third of all the members of parliament now if you look critically at this you see that it does not allow whoever is presiding to even count himself when they are even talking about a quorum and i'm saying that you have to look at the law as a whole so that if the constitution itself is saying that even when you are taking a quorum you cannot count yourself then when you are taking a decision, how do you then come and say that if I'm taking a decision, then I can count myself? Because the article itself that says that when you are taking a decision, that's 104 that they've been quoted. It's very, it has certain limitations in it. It says that, except as otherwise provided in this constitution, matters in parliament shall be determined by the vote. Let me repeat. Matters in parliament shall be determined by the vote of the majority of members present and voting. So it shall be determined by the vote of the majority 
present and voting. And, I'm, and my argument is that you can't be presiding and still count yourself. You can't be a referee and a player and say that, okay, the only thing I cannot do is that I cannot score a goal, but I can be in the field and play. And at the same time, I can also be refereeing. I'm saying that that will lead to absurdity. It will lead to absurdity. No matter how you want to justify it and say that, oh, I'm first a member of parliament and you cannot deny the people of these places their right. And I'm saying that the constitution has already denied you even the right to vote, which is a fundamental right for a member of parliament because you occupy an office. So this is my position on that matter. All right. So if I get you clearly, you are saying that to understand 104 better, we need to add 102 and look at the constitution as a whole. So what, him, uh, what uh, Joe Wise did by counting himself as a 138 person present while presiding doesn't agree with what the constitution intends because in defining a quorum, the constitution is very clear that a quorum shall be one third of all members of parliament apart from the person presiding. That's what yes. you're saying. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying that. Uh, no, no, but, but, but hold on. You know, what they were doing yesterday, once they have more than... The, my MPP have 137 people, 138. So I'm not sure if it was just quorum they were no, looking for. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. No, just have patience with me. Okay. I, I'm trying to distinguish between quorum for business and Take the numbers for voting. Because quorum for business is how the parliament starts the business of the day. So that one you need one third excluding the person presiding. But now we are talking about voting in parliament. Because I'm trying to point you to the fact that there could be a difference between your right as a... So if you are deputy speaker and you represent the people of Bekwai, you are present as a, deputy, as, as a member of parliament. You can do everything but vote because you are presiding. So he could say, I am present. So we are 138, but I will not vote because that's why he pointed out that in voting, no, we no, just need majority no, no. of those but, who, but, who, who are no, present to no, vote. No, no, Bernard, Bernard, listen, I'm saying that, and that is why law is very interesting. You have different perspectives. So I, I'm not even saying my perspective is superior. I'm just saying that my perspective is sound and logical and is flowing from the law. My point is that even for taking a quorum, the constitution says the person who is precise shall not be part. My point is that how much more taking a decision where it says that those voting, present and voting. And my argument again is that the moment you get into the office of the speaker, you are denied of certain rights automatically. And that's what people don't understand. They're like, no, he's a member of parliament. He has to represent his opinion. No. But if you're a member of parliament and you are even being denied a, a fundamental right, which is to vote, you're right. saying that then you Sammy, can count your... Hold on. Let no. me take... Hold on. I'll take a Clement Akapam. He's also a lawyer. I want to take his view on this. I, as you said, law has very many perspectives. I am not privileged to be one. But Clement is one as you are. And he also was a journalist before he became a lawyer, just like you. So I think it's two lawyer journalists. Clement, Mr. Akapam, thank you for joining us. He's also a senior lecturer. No, sorry. Let me do let me do Koshiga first. Albert Koshiga. Okay. I'll come to Clement later. Albert Koshiga is a, uh, also journalist lawyer, but he's a UPSA. Uh, uh, what do you make of this, this, this debate? First, we're dealing with the issue of um, quorum. I wanted to ask you about the minority strategy, but let's deal with the issue of voting... Present and voting versus quorum. Samir Daku is basically saying that uh, the speaker made a mistake by um, counting himself as part of those present. I don't know what to think.
Well, so then I thank you for, for this opportunity. Um, if I if I were to respond to that issue, I probably would basically be rehashing the argument that Samidako is, is making because his views agree with mine on that matter. Okay, but when I my initial contact with you was to bring a certain perspective to the strategy which the minority adopted by not appearing at all. Now, I have, I've heard people say that the minority failed their constituents by not being present in parliament to do business. And I think the minority in trying to explain themselves have given two reasons or strategies why they were not in parliament. But I, I mean, those strategies may well be correct. And it may well be the case that the deputy speaker who was presiding, they have used any of those to have the majority do what they wanted to do anyway. Now, my, I'm aware of a more serious strategy which the majority would have adopted. And I know this because I have been flipping through stations as, as of yesterday, and I have I've picked up some of those arguments which would have been advanced in Parliament to still have, you know, the budget reinstated and actually approved. Now, what is the strategy? Now, if you if you look at Article um, 104.2, now it tells you straightforward that now when it comes to voting in Parliament, the Speaker shall have neither an original nor casting vote. Clearly, there are two types of votes provided for in this constitution. It's either an original or casting vote. And the speaker, insofar as is concerned, will have none of this. Okay, so if you look at the standing orders also of, of parliament, and look at order 1093, okay, I mean, it tells you that the one who is presiding in the absence of the speaker, the deputy or any other person presiding, would only lose his original vote. It doesn't talk about casting votes. And I'm saying that I know of this strategy because it, it, I mean, it was advanced yesterday in some of the sister stations. And I know that is what would have resulted yesterday as a strategy. Now, so if you look at 1093, it, it doesn't talk about casting ballots, but it talks about original votes. Now, so if the minority had appeared in parliament yesterday, and assuming that 137 members of the NDC turned up, 137 members of the NPP also turned up, and then let's, let's take the members of the choir who have indicated is going to do business with the uh, majority side. That would give them 138. So that's like the majority. Now, what the strategy, as I gleaned from the discussions yesterday, was that if you take Joyce out because you were presiding, that brings the standard numbers of the majority to 136. And so let's assume that the choir member will do business with them. And you add his one to this. That will be 137 
Majority 137 at that level, minority 137. Joe White is presiding, so he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have to vote. But don't forget that he only will not exercise his original vote, but he would have a custom ballot. And that's the argument they're advancing. So even if minority turned out yesterday and there was a vote, and there was a tie, and as the constitutional provision says, the motion is taken to have been lost. Now, the majority's view on this was that, and I know that would have happened, the, the deputy speaker who is presiding would have, would have exercised a casting ballot. And that would have given them 138. And the justification mm. they would have put up was that the, the constitution creates the office of the speaker, which is different, and a deputy speaker office. Their argument would have been that a deputy speaker, when he acts, is not a speaker. All right, I get you. Because you can just hold on. I'm coming. I guess. So you're basically saying that the, the reason the minority gave for not turning up is correct because based on your understanding of the majority strategy, turning up would just have endorsed what the minority majority wanted to do. I wanted to I wanted to hold on with that. I'm talking to a third person to try and understand okay. now the issue the first issue I really submit that on which you say you agree with him. The issue of whether Mr. Joe Wise or Joe Seusu ought to have counted himself as part of those present. Because both you and uh Samida could think that he, he shouldn't have done that. Let me talk to Mr. Kapam. Clement, thanks for joining us. You have a different view on that matter that the first deputy speaker in presiding can count himself as being present but should just not vote. Hello? Yes, hello, Clement. Yes, hi, Bernard. Yes, I'm asking what your view is on Mr. Joe Osewusu's decision to count himself as part of those present. So, Bernard, two things. The deputy speaker's position is not the same as the speaker's position. We need to understand that. To ascend to become a deputy speaker, you must be a member of parliament. And I've heard the arguments of Samid Akun. You will realize that in parliament, if they are taking the list of members present as of yesterday, MP for Bepai, they will say, present for the purposes of his membership parliament will record him as present but he will be presiding so he didn't even need to have said that i am adding myself as 138 by the count of members present in parliament yesterday mp for bequai will be marked present so on that score of he being marked present as a member, his number adds to the members present. The second thing is that we need to delineate membership from voting. You can be a member present and refuse to take part in a decision by not voting. However, if you are a member 
speaker, as I choose to call the deputy speaker, if you are a member speaker, you are not permitted to vote, but your membership is not taken away from you. Then the final response to Samidaku's position is quorum and decision-making. You don't need all members of parliament to get a quorum. You, the requirement for a quorum is to commence business. Now, when it comes to decision-taking, you cannot deny a member of parliament properly elected to represent his people from not taking part in decision-making. Unless that be taken away from him by law. And that is where the deputy speaker's decision-making through voting when he's presiding has been taken away from him. But his membership of parliament and being present in the House as a member of parliament is not taken away from him. That's my position on this. So, so just to get you clearly, the requirement for quorum in 102 is to commence business. And then the issue of 104 is about voting or decision-making. So those two must be yes. separated. Exactly. Number, number two, you're saying that the reason why when in the votes and proceedings, they write the name of the first and deputy speakers as being present distinguishes them from the speaker. Yes. So there, the issue of present is not the same as the issue of voting. So he can be present Precisely. but not vote. Precisely. So, so he didn't need to have even said they were 138. We know they were 138. 138 by the record. By the record. <laughs> because he would have been present. So you're saying by he being sp speaker at that point does not negate his being MP. Only no, that he can't vote. The fact that he was present as the member of parliament for the choir. It doesn't negate it. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking my time to get clarity because I just wanted to read again what the article says and then I'll bring something back. Except as otherwise provided in this constitution, this is 104, matters in parliament shall be determined by the votes of the majority of members present and voting. So does that mean we are taking present and voting as one? <laughs> because with at least half of all the members of parliament present. So present is different from voting. So once half are present, the man can decide not to vote, but the decision will still stand. Yes. Exactly. Fair enough. Exactly. Fair enough. Let me move into something else whilst I, I get another view on this. The, 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 the other sub-story here is what the minority did on Friday was essentially that they, and, they said that everybody had come to parliament. Okay, so all the members of parliament were there so it wasn't just 137 of them so the workout by the majority in their view did not negate the fact that they were in parliament that day so even though only 137 voted under the speakership of bagbin the minority's view is that what happened on friday was kosher majority is saying no we were not there only 137 of you were there bagbin is not a member of parliament so we didn't have majority of members of parliament present so using the same argument you've made, can we yeah. say that because in the votes and proceedings, over two hundred, in fact, there were 274 members that day, can, can a minority say, well, there were 274 of you present, of us present, and 137 voted 
four and the rest of you didn't you walked out how do we interpret that okay so excellent analogy and that's why we need to look at this from the perspective of what do we mean when we say present and voting and at what point a question to vote is put now what happened on friday yes at the time they had 274 mps on the floor so it means that they have crossed the threshold for um quorum they've crossed the threshold for um, at least half being present for a decision to be taken the question now is that at the time when the matter was put to a vote how many members were present in the chamber for a vote to be taken. So if you take the um, votes and proceedings from parliament, the record of that day, they'll say present on the floor of the chamber at the time the question was put in relation to that vote was 13720. It will not say 275. If you compare this to what happened yesterday, the votes and proceedings will say members present 13820 because there was a member speaker who ought to be counted as a member, but he is disabled from voting. I think that's very clear. Let me let me take Sami's response to this. So Sami, if you are there, thank you for staying. So basically Clement has tried to distinguish between quorum for business and then number required for decision making. Then he's gone on to also explain the difference between present and voting. Do you still stand by your original position? Of course, I still stand by. I heard Clement very well. And when he was, when you, in fact, what I was, you've done at least 90% of the job I wanted to do with Clement. And you saw how he struggled in trying to justify um, 138 against uh, 137. Let me show you the, the deficiency in the argument Clement has made. When you rightly put the question that the record of proceedings says that the members who were present in parliament was 274 and, and voting 137 voted as to zero, he said that no, it should be at the time that the question was put. That's where the absurdity comes in. At the time that the question was put, it's when he wants to place emphasis on present and voting. My argument is very simple. At the time of putting the question yesterday, you could not have had 138 present and voting. You could only have 137 because the speaker would not be counted by virtue of occupying that position as a referee. But it does not deny the fact that the speaker was present. This is all that I have been trying to say. So this whole thing about Kurum and Rest, I think... But, but Sami, Sami, permit me to do something. Whole, coming, let, me, let me just read the 1041 again. And listeners, coming. pardon me for splitting hairs. I also have it before. Um, and again, this is just English. Yeah. 1041. Except as otherwise provided in this constitution, yeah. matters in parliament shall be determined by the votes of the majority of members present and voting comma exactly with at least half of all the members of parliament exactly. present exactly so sami you notice that this the construction 
separate present from present and voting so that no, no, no. I, I when it, you, just give me a minute when it comes to the determination is the vote of majority present and voting so that if they are 138 or whatever the majority of that number voting will carry the day but then this is a subset a sub it's also like a subset it's like basically telling you that with at least half of all the members present so it seems to suggest that you you can the issue of voting and the issue of presence must not be joined in meaning they can be separated to serve their own purposes yeah i mean that's why i said that when you go into that you know and can be interpreted as uh, conjunctive or disjunctive and all that but i'm only taking what uh, 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 clement has has said he is placing emphasis on present and voting which means he's making it what we call conjunctive it must be you are present and voting at that material time and if that is his construction my argument is that if that is the construction then um, the issue that the speaker could not have counted himself as part of those present will stay however if he wants to do a disjunctive then i'm prepared to say that yes the speaker would have been present and so for purposes of obtaining the number he could but from his analysis it means it means he's placing emphasis on present and voting which has been what i have been talking about this was so this whole argument about separation of quorum blah blah blah, blah it's like a repetition of what i've just said i was only trying to show you that even when it comes to quorum, it's trying to tell you that the person who is presiding does not have to count himself. And so if it comes well, to a decision... Well, Sammy, I, 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 fortunately, I listened to both of you, and I think that there's no confusion here. I think your point initially was that we should not read 104 on its own. We should add 102. You. And you were saying that what 102 was suggesting was that even for quorum, the speaker must not be included in the one-third. And then you said... Joe Weiss couldn't have counted himself as part of those present because he was presiding. Clement is saying there's a difference between quorum for house to start yeah, and you don't need to numbers required for decision, which includes true. voting. Bernard, That's the first point he makes. Then he says Bernard, the, the you know speaker or the Joe Weiss was present, but he doesn't have to have voted. So you must consider his presence as a separate factor from his voting. Then he goes on to no. say that. Then I asked him a second question about what happened on Friday. Whether NDC is saying that, well, all 274 of you were there, but only 137 voted for. And therefore, you can't say the decision was illegal. Then he says, no. When you go into the record, there's a difference between what is written as your presence in parliament for the day and then at the material time of the decision, who was present. All right, so I, I, I'm not too sure no, if Bernard, but then, I think but both of you just have two separate that, points. So I, and I, I'm not sure it has to lead Bernard, to any. Um, and I guess we're discussing this because that. there are different legal views today. So I'll probably give Clement no. his final comment and then no, uh, we'll try and wrap this up. So Clement, I don't know if I've com construed your views properly because I think uh, Sami is basically disagreeing with you still. No, no, I think that Sami Sami has Sami's argument, and as I said, this matter will have to be resolved one day by the persons giving authority to resolve such matters Supreme Court. We might also have to take this opportunity to look at how we explain some of these things with regards to who ascends to the position of a member of parliament. Um, 
the position of a deputy speaker. You cannot tell me that because I have been given the post and I'm drawing a distinction between my primary membership as a member of parliament and the post of deputy speakership, I lose my membership when I am present on the floor of the house. And it sounds, it's, 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 and if you, if you compare it to football, they are saying referee and a player, it's, we're having a different scenario. This is a member speaker. So you, can, you cannot say that, yes, he can perform all the functions of um, the speaker, but when it comes to his membership being recognized for the purposes of count, not for the purposes of votes. And the reason why the speaker will not be counted when we are looking for quorum is that the speaker or the one presiding at that time, the number four to commence business, is not the same. But if it gets to the point of making a decision, you cannot say you are denying his presence to get us to the number to make a decision. Yes, he can form part of the 138, but he is disabled from voting. I think that's my argument. I, I think it's very clear. The, the only other question I'll ask you guys is that, do you foresee this even... You know, initially we thought that because it was a parliamentary issue, they wouldn't allow it to go to the Supreme Court because we... I, I've, I had the impression that members of parliament will have the pride to say we don't want the second arm of government to be subservient to the third arm in taking our disputes before it. But it turns out right. this may be the best solution since yeah, the absolutely. parliamentarians write the law by the, the judges who explain what it means. <laughs> so you know, so it may be in everybody's think, interest to go to the Supreme yeah, Court Bernard, to Bernard, clarify all I these matters in that, one. Yes, uh, Clement and Sammy, finally. Constituents, constituents of the quiet and constituents of Fomena should be heading to the Supreme Court to tell the Supreme Court that we disagree with this interpretation of the provisions in the Constitution that are MPs because they have been given the post of deputy speakers one and two cannot vote. So imagine on this question of LGBTQ that will go to parliament. Are you saying that when it comes to the point of making a decision, if Formina MP is presiding, the people of Formina should be denied a vote? How will their voice be heard? All right, Sami, I'll give you your, your final word. Do you see this going to the Supreme Court, Sami? Well, he's had a lot of chance to talk about. I'm saying that let's point out the absurdity and inconsistency in the argument of Clement. When we done that, we'll move on to the second part. He, Clement, says that when it comes to what happened on Friday, 26th November, he will count present and voting as to the time the voice vote was. No, no, let me, let me finish. Let me finish. Because he asked you a specific question as to whether you think you... Um, no, no, let's, I'm saying... Okay, man, come on, let's let me finish. Let's let me finish. I have time. Let's let me finish. Your, your point was that when it comes to what happened on 26th, you will not consider the members present as 274. But when it comes to what happened 30th, you will consider the members present as 138. And at the same time, and at the same time, no, and at the same time, coming. Okay, why? You're coming to still talk about the vote and proceedings, which are all away. So, but you go ahead. 
report and proceedings of 22nd shows members present to be 274. And let me also draw your attention to what happened in 2015 when Patin Drew was the speaker. And this same matter came in respect of Article 104. Patin Odru, as then the first deputy speaker, did not count himself when they were going to take a decision. If you like, go and check the records. He never counted himself when they were going to take the decision. So my point is that at one breath, we seem to suggest that when we are talking about present and voting, it has to do with the time the question was put because the records of proceedings will reflect. And I'm saying that even that is false because the record of proceedings I have seen from Friday shows 274 people present. The fact that you walk out does not mean that you are not present in the house. That is, if your interpretation is that we should consider everybody as being present, so even if he's a deputy speaker or not, he should be present. My argument is that when you assume that office, then you are excluded from whatever is happening on the floor because you are now a referee. And I like what you just said, and I've also said this. If anybody does not like that and say that the Constitution is denying us of our representation and blah, blah, then they have to um, make sure that the, the law is changed. I don't think an interpretation is going to help. The right. law has to change and say that you don't need a member of parliament to be a first or second, second deputy speaker. Because remember, they enjoy privileges way above that of their peers. And they get certain privileges that the constituents know helps their constituency. And so you cannot appropriate and reprobate. When you are getting the privileges and all that, that one you don't complain. But when it comes to the fact that the constitution itself is limiting your member because... But Sammy, Sammy, I could say that a ranking member has more privileges than an ordinary member. But that doesn't mean that he loses his status. No, or his, we are talking about his, a ranking member. Ranking you me? member because the, 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 don't forget that the acting speaker is not the same as a substantive no, you, speaker. So it's no, more like no, no, for a no, specific situation he's acting. No, so that doesn't necessarily mean that no, he, 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 he has... Taking his, he's been an MP, no, is now no, vitiated no, no, no. all of a sudden. Bernard, Unless that's what you're asking us to do. Of, the privileges of a first deputy and second deputy speaker is different. It's what you are doing is like you're comparing privileges of, say, a president to a minister. It's not the same. I will put the minister as a ranking member and I'll put the president as the uh, first deputy speaker. All I'm saying is that these are sacrifices members make by virtue of occupying such a position because when you're a speaker, the powers that comes with it, you determine whether I have it, those have it, and all that, is huge. So my point again, and I'd like to summarize, is that the argument that present and voting has to be when a question is put, has to be when a question is put, will mean that whatever transpired on 26th then becomes an unconstitutional. Just to end finally, so as we are speaking... The, the budget has been approved, right? No. The budget has not been approved, and that's the mistake people make. Budget goes through three stages. What has just been approved refers to the budget statement. No, no, no. I, I guess I, I'm just asking, because don't forget, by Friday, we had said the budget had been rejected. But now, budget statement has been approved. Yes, I just wanted to get that clarity, that yes, at least for now, we can work with that, right? Oh, yes. You see, that is my position. My position that whatever has been done to... Whatever was done yesterday is legal until it has been challenged. And the same position I held on Friday. I said that whatever was done on Friday was legal until it has been challenged. And the challenge I said two ways. Either you go to court or you do it internally. What they did yesterday was internally trying to correct what they think was an unconstitutionality. So the NDC too, they have an option. Either they go to court 
or they too, when they are speaking right. attend, they try to um, see whatever gymnastics they can do to reverse whatever has been done. All right. Thank you, Sami Dakun. Thank you, Clement Akapam. Thank you, Albert Koshiga. All lawyers started with the media profession and now they are in law so they give us very good perspective we'll take a short break when we come back we'll cool down the temperature because we'll be talking about fair work ghana and the launch of a very important engagement they are doing then when we are done we'll come back and read your comments on what happened in parliament yesterday stay with us this is the city breakfast show the city's biggest conversation Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. Nation. 22 minutes past nine. Hello, baby. This is still the City Breakfast Show. We're live in Accra after those legal gymnastics. Yeah, yeah. We're back on earth. <laughs> yeah. We've come back down. Yes, we have. We mm-hmm. have. What are we talking about now? Well, we're talking about the gig economy, Bernardino. Mm-hmm. Now, you know that we've witnessed a rapid growth of the platform economy yep. and its associated employment opportunities. Mm-hmm. Thousands of our citizens in recent years have gotten onto some of these platforms mm-hmm. to find an additional source of income. Mm-hmm. So, ride-hailing apps, for instance, have become extremely popular. Mm-hmm. Many of us depend on those services to get us from A to B, mm-hmm. you know, when you need a ride to go somewhere. But, Many of these workers face multiple challenges. Okay, mm-hmm. some of them poor, poor wages, violence in their line of work, and our existing labor laws really don't capture or protect these workers. Mm-hmm. So, Fair Work has evaluated the conditions of working in the gig economy in Ghana. They've produced the Fair Work Ghana Ratings 2021 Labor Standards in the Gig Economy. This is a report. looks at the working conditions of 10 digital labor platforms against five global principles of fair work, Mm -hmm. which is great. So we're looking at fair pay, fair conditions, fair contracts, fair management, and fair representation. All of these things are addressed in their reports. And so we've got some gentlemen in the studio who are going to break it all down for us. Dr. Joseph Boudou is the co-project lead for Fair Work. Ghana Project and Senior Lecturer at Gimpa. Doc, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Professor Thomas Enin Dawson is the Country Manager for Fairway Ghana Prof. Good to have you. Thank you, sir. And Bismarck Fifi Tete is the Chairman of the National Alliance of Digital Driver Unions. Bismarck, good morning. Good morning. Let me start with Dr. Budu. So tell us about the Fairway Project, how it's positioned to advocate for improvements in the gig economy. Thank you, Bernard. Mm-hmm. And good morning to your listeners. So the Fairway project is an international research project that evaluates the working conditions that happens at the various digital labor platforms. Mm -hmm. And it's working across 22 countries. Mm -hmm. Uh, In Africa, we are working in Ghana, Egypt, Tanzania, Kenya, and South Africa. Nice. So it's a new project? Something isn't new? Is 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 new in Ghana? It's new in Ghana. Yeah, in the first year. I see. But across the world, it's so it's, it's not new. So, for instance, in mm-hmm. India, mm-hmm. we are in our fourth year. Fantastic. In mm-hmm. South Africa, we've launched our third report, mm-hmm. and and this project is is is, is headquarters in University of Oxford. Oh. Precisely mm-hmm. in in uh, Oxford Internet Institute. So that's where. So, who are the partners? To our partners, mm-hmm. the main funders for this uh, for for our project in Ghana. It's GIZ. So the Fairwell project is financed by uh, the Federal Ministry for Economic Cooperation and Development, which is BMZ. 
through a special initi- initiative on training and on and 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 on job creation, which mm-hmm. is implemented by GIZ okay. Ghana. So th- those are the people who funded this particular research, who started mm. about a year ago. Fantastic. Yeah. So the the maiden report is the Fair Work Ghana Ratings 2021. Exactly. Sir. For Ghana, because as you said, they've done things in other countries. Yeah. So and the report's got a long title: Fair Work Ghana Ratings in uh, Rating 2021: Labor Standards in the Gig Economy. Yes. What what is the report about and what are the key findings? All right. So like 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 my colleague said, Fair Work looks at the working conditions of platform workers. So anytime we get into a particular country, we look for the various platforms that are working in those countries and we assess that we assess those platforms based on our five principles, which Kogig uh, told us about them. So the fair work. Fair work looks at how workers are getting paid. Mm-hmm. And on, on fair work, on, on fair pay, how workers are getting paid, we look at fair conditions, whether workers across platforms are facing significant risk and how these platforms are, are helping them to, to deal with these significant risk. And we also talk about fair contract. Fair contract talks about whether workers are able to have access to the contracts they mm. sign on to, mm. the terms and conditions. Mm. Sometimes these platforms don't even mm. allow them to have those contracts. Yeah, and sometimes, too, the conditions in there are extremely unfavorable to these particular workers in, 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 that, in, uh, in the gig economy. And we also talk about fair management, where we look at the relationship between the workers in the gig economy and then the platforms as well. And then the last one is fair management, whether we look at whether indeed whether there, there is representation whether workers have voices or they do not have voices so in all of these things we have three process during our research uh-huh. the first thing we do is that when we enter any country we do a desk research to understand the various gig, gig platforms in the economy to also understand the media reportage uh-huh. on all those gig platforms in there the second stage is where we do interviews with platform managers. Mm-hmm. So here we interview platform managers to get evidence based on our five principles. Mm-hmm. So based on that evidence is what we're going to use to score them. The third stage is where we do worker interviews. The worker interviews is where we we will typically will talk to an Uber driver or a global delivery person and the like. So after that, we come together and then do an evaluation based on those five principles. And we don't just do it on our own as a country, but we do it with our Oxford team and also have peer reviewers from two other countries that are also doing the the research. Mm. This year, the key findings have been very, 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 very interesting. Interesting in the sense that one of the main findings that we, we, we realized was that none, none of the platforms is able to evidence that a worker in Ghana is able to earn at least a living wage. Are you serious? I am telling you this. None of the none of the ten, ten platforms that we investigated has any evidence that has any evidence to prove that their workers have workers at least a living wage. A living wage in Accra. Are and you the living wage is less than one thousand one hundred a month. Oh, mm. oh, oh, oh. That's and these serious. platform workers sometimes work as much as eighteen hours in order to be able to make ends meet mm. and these are the critical conditions in there okay i have a question about that right you know when a lot of these ride hailing services for instance were established yeah. the the whole premise was sort of okay i have a car yeah. you know maybe I've, i don't use it that much i'm at home 
somebody living not far from me needs a ride to get somewhere so demand i need a ride supply i have a car right. okay let's meet i'll take you where you want to go supplementary income you know no holds barred no you know everyone's doing their own thing fine right. then the service or the platform is the facilitator at what point has it become this format of a service where now writers are calling themselves workers of the company and it's it's being a bit more formalized such that you're agitating for fair contracts fair pay etc because the initial intention and correct me if i'm wrong was that this was more supposed to be casual you know something you people can do on the side to earn a bit more income with the vehicles they already own and they don't particularly work for a company it's something they can do at their leisure time and earn a bit of money while doing so so is there a shift now to make it more formalized employment as opposed to something casual that people can do without the commitment that goes with a regular employer employee setup mm. That's an absolutely great question, and mm -hmm. that's what we get in almost every country. That, mm -hmm. And that's the argument that the platform, the platform companies are also putting forth, that they are not considering these people as employees. Mm -hmm. But ask yourself, are these people able to determine the price that they charge if mm -hmm. they are indeed independent? Mm -hmm. Are that's they able to set the standard for themselves? If they are indeed independent, why are they being rated mm -hmm. and being deactivated? Mm -hmm. So in this whole idea about platform workers being independent, self-employed has come into question. We all know the ruling in the Supreme Court in the UK about how Uber workers are supposed to be having sick pay. They are supposed to be enjoying uh -huh. vacation leave and all that. Because... <clears throat> Because it was a new environment, we are always looking at the loophole in the law. People are losing the loophole. Mm -hmm. And this is where Fair Work has come in mm -hmm. to be able to provide standard that Amazing. all platform platforms should be able to live up to. So I look, I see some of the parameters used. I see fair pay, yep. fair conditions, yes. fair contracts, fair management, fair representation and, and stuff like this. Are these things that are existing all serious labor markets or these are concepts you are creating because of this analysis i, I didn't i didn't really <laughs> talk about how these concepts were but these pl principles were where were, were came about mm -hmm. in fact they were we developed it with the ilo all right oh, okay. And, okay and all stakeholders so this was actually developed during the interactions we had with ilo to be able to mm -hmm. regulate this particular uh, uh, gig economy or gig gig, gig uh, gig platform. So mm. we are not just putting these things together. Mm. And any serious platform in the world at this point in time know about these fair work principles. Wow. Mm. That these are the standards that we should measure mm. them up. Mm. So yes. let me come to Bismarck. We have not done the full, uh, I haven't read the full report, but it seems very interesting. What do these uh, findings mean for you at the National Alliance of Digital Driver Unions? Uh, good morning to our listeners. Good it's, morning. <laughs> thank you for having me. Mm. But uh, you know, uh, Mr. Avle, mm. I'm sure you're, you have covered a lot of our oh, demonstrations. <laughs> too, too many. And so this report confirms everything that we've been talking about. Mm. We were not involved in what uh, mm -hmm. the Fair Work people did. Mm -hmm. So it confirms everything that we have been complaining about. Yeah. Drivers are dying. And uh, I keep saying that it's a national crisis mm. because there are about 30,000 online drivers. 30,000? Yes. And, you know, wow. imagine even a quarter of these people driving on the road frustrated. Mr. Mm. Abley, you are, your life is in danger too. Mm -hmm. So I am hey. saying that this is exposing Does the 30,000 include the people on motorbikes? No. no. This is just 30,000 no. digital drivers. drivers. So if you mm -hmm. add the guys on 
the so, the so motorbikes. So that's we, we estimate sixty to one hundred thousand workers in the platform economy. Sixty to one hundred thousand mm. workers yes. in the platform economy. And this is over how many years? When did the platform economy be? Sorry, is for for the past three years, for the past four years. Uh, Uber came in twenty sixteen. So you so can use twenty sixteen as the like so almost a hundred thousand people in the platform economy. In fact, other estimates by Pan African Survey estimated that one point three percent of adults in Africa are working in the platform wow. economy. And 30,000 of them are digital drivers. Yeah, so basically this is actually wow. uh, exposing all of us. Mm. It, it, it means that uh, we, the leaders of the driver unions, are not doing much to make sure that we fight for those drivers. It mm. also means that the institutions that are supposed to be uh, making sure that the labor organization and all the other people who are supposed to regular, uh, reg, uh, regularize the, all this, uh, regulate these uh, bodies are not working mm -hmm. because they are just working and nobody makes sure that whatever they are doing is the right thing. So mm -hmm. I think that we are really happy that uh, Fairway has come out with this and mm -hmm. it confirms everything. Mm -hmm. So you are hoping, so what can we do with this report, Prof? Are we going to send it to the Ministry of Labor? Are we going to share it with the organizations in charge of these what 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 was the way forward so the forward this is how fair work works so thankfully yesterday we had the department of labor being represented there so we are definitely going to formally give them this report so we try to make impact we interact with these platforms to make the changes thankfully we've interacted with global global has now moved its terms and conditions which was more of a spanish law into a ghanaian law through our interactions with them mm. we've had a ziban making changes and recognizing local representatives we've also had black ride also formally declaring that you're going to work with with unions like the nadu as well the next stage is also to work with policymakers that indeed the, the economy is not well regulated our labor laws were crafted when the, the fourth industrial revolution had not kicked in so much in Ghana. This is the time for us to have a real look at our labor law and make the necessary changes to be able to cover these people who are working in this economy. We are also pushing for consumers to start looking at platforms that are scoring well. So we have what we call the Fair Work Pledge. The Fair Work Pledge seeks to advocates that we need supporters from organizations like CTFM to say that we are only going to work with platforms that are scoring high because they are treating workers well. And we also want to have consumers also supporting the Fair Work Pledge. So going forward, you can just go to our website, which is very simple, fair.work, mm -hmm. where you will have, you will have a you have our pledge there. You can just click to support. If you need any further information as well, you can reach to mm. you can reach us on info. No, I, I want to know more about what you do. Let me come to Doc again. Yes. So you've been here for a year now. No. What what else do you do? You just do reports, and is it once a year? What else does Fair Work, the project, hope to do in, in Ghana? Okay, so thank you. So from what uh, Prof. Dawson said, mm -hmm. we are interested in first scoring and understanding the conditions that the digital labor workers are facing uh -huh. beyond that we inform or engage with this platform so they can make the changes that are necessary to improve these conditions for the uh, for the workers when we make these changes policy workers and various laws that we need will also be modified to protect our uh, those who work in this labor space. Mm. Yes. 
Very interesting. So it's research and advocacy. Where can we get this report? Can I get it online? Yes, it's available online. Just go to Fair Work website, fair.work, mm. and you'll be able to find the Ghana's report and all the other reports that we've also Bismarck, what's the most important thing that needs to change for you in the digital driver space? If of all the things that go wrong, which one is the most important? Security. security. And in fact, if you ask me to mention one thing, it will be difficult for me because the top. Okay, give me the top three. Well, security. The, we, we must be paid well, mm -hmm. and we must also be involved. Which is, uh, we have to be represented. We have to be representation. representation. So, what do you mean security? Is it that you are not safe? Right, not safe at all. We are not safe at all. But even people who do normal taxes will also say they are not safe. Mm -hmm. So that's well, not limited to your digital. Well, so technology is actually supposed to make life easy for us. You mm. understand? And make us feel safer. So if we are we we had the tra traditional taxi, but we are saying that now we want to go to the platforms, then we should feel safer. So safety is an issue. How much you are paid is the other issue. Very important. And then you said what else? And re we should be representation. representation yeah. So that you can have a say. I see. Yeah. And on safety, mm -hmm. Bernard, last on, on safety, what we can do is that the platform can have insurance for these people. Mm -hmm. That we know that the work they are doing is risky. Yes, so insure them. Happen, yeah. Insure them. And let the insurance also be accessible. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. just but then that also means the insurance companies can get creative. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And say, look, can we have an arrangement? Because I noticed that we have about 10 of them here. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there are more. But you, mm -hmm. these were the ones you used yes. Black Ride, mm -hmm. Eziban, Glovo. I fetch, Sweet Wheels, Bolt, Bolt Food, Jumia Food, Uber, and Yango. Mm -hmm. So that's 10. So then this includes digital drivers. This is like motorbike guys mm -hmm. as well, delivery, all of that in the, you call them the, the, the uh, platforms. Platform yes. economy. Um, very, very interesting groundbreaking research. Some very of the guys who did the job, Thomas Enin Dawson, uh, Prof. Surujana Kata, I think she's Indian. She's with Oxford University. Daniel Arubai. Yes, he's also with Oxford. Mark Graham is the director of Fair Work. Global. Richard Boating is professor. He's the lead at the University of Ghana. Ah. Your own Richard. Oh, Richard Boating. Sends his regards. Oh, he's listening right now. From Chaligoki, Richard Boating. <laughs> yeah. So he's he the lead. This, he was in the center at the business school. Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, he's the lead researcher he's, on this. He's the lead mm -hmm. researcher. Joseph Budu. Have you met the minister? Not yet. I I think he needs to have a sit down with you because yeah. this is actually very good work for policy right so True. yeah because um, you've done the work for them this is what the ministry of <laughs> employment should be doing you've done their job <laughs> for them and you're saying the sponsors include um yeah, the funders were giz giz yes. and then uh ugbs being UGBS and provided the academics oxford, and then we also have the belling institute uh, okay well. so there's a oxford internet institute Oxford Internet Institute, which is at Oxford. So okay. that's where we have fair work sitting at the moment. And then GIZ supported this? Yes, they funded. Wow. Have you, are you going to do a program to discuss this? We are hoping that next year, early next year, first quarter, and we, wow. are, we, are, we will be counting on you. To oh, have this would have been a very important document to have a stakeholder discussion. Invite ye ye yesterday, we had an initial stakeholder, stakeholder meeting, but yes. it, it wasn't a media event. It wasn't media. It wasn't a media so event. we are counting on you to, 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 to be able to But you didn't us. invite mm. us. 
Mm. We did, we did. Oh, okay. You were a media partner. Uh, I mean, I didn't know about that. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, okay. No, there are other parts of the business that streamed, I don't know about. You streamed for us. Uh, okay. Stream live. On no, me, I'm a host of the morning show. Okay. I don't know everything. <laughs> so, oh, so we were there? Yes. yes. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't know. So, I didn't know. So, we can discuss this okay. after, whether in March or in April, uh, whether we can do this. The system works. I don't have to know everything. You see you. And we want the system to work in the platform. We we all want the system to work. The other side of it, too, is customer service mm-hmm. right yeah. on their end yes. drivers who cancel rides or refuse to cancel rides don't show up <laughs> all those things don't read maps when they arrive they say where are you going yeah. then all kinds of funny charges oh we don't take ca- uh, uh, card I it's mean, a, it, 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 it works both it, ways it, it, on women who do, do you understand cars? All those things we need. That's the next research. That's the next research. We will work on that. We work on that. Customer service in the platform, uh, service industry, gig economy. We work on that. We want to make sure that they are welfare as as platform workers. And Bernard, it's employing a lot of people. I'll tell you this. I know a lot of people who lost their jobs during the financial crisis tend to this. Yeah, yeah. And some just purely for employment not yeah. even like going to invest in it or yeah. basically just got a car to drive he used to even work in a bank and he's driving and I have he's, a question. he's making money I, don't yes. I have a question yes do they no i have a question yes do they pay tax <laughs> okay so <laughs> that's a so, good question yes. so, no, so all those things are so for instance some of the platforms during our interview we saw some of the pay slips mm-hmm. uh-huh. so who's supposed to pay tax then? is it the, the right hailing so, owner or the car or good question. So, so when they are taking their commissions, are they taking commission on behalf of government? But that's a good question. So, so and, and you can see some of the pay slips that I saw from some of the interviewers that you can see that taxes are being deducted. Out. I don't want to mention names. Some you. of some of the workers were, were were just agitating that they know that tax are deducted, but they don't know. They don't even know. They don't have a tin. Mm. Where are they? Mm. So government has to step in mm. to start regulating this environment. Mm, that's a good and point. Thirty thousand people driving—that's a lot. So that's that's money. There's a hundred thousand. In fact, yeah. That's yeah, because the motorbikes are even getting more. And these is most people who sit in office don't even want to go and buy food. Yeah. So True. people are doing deliveries of all kinds of things, and all of this is helping the economy. So, exactly. we, and I think that the point should not be seen as this is positive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The gig economy is not bad, but in every country, even positive. in London. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They are the mayors are taking hard decisions about how these companies these global platforms how they construe themselves and whether with working within any local law yeah. so for me i even think that ama and co should be involved in this yeah. right because if you're going to be driving within the ama or kumasi yeah. somebody needs to determine which space you're running and what laws you obey and which taxes you pay yeah. so it shouldn't even be left just the ministry yeah. you should involve the local government people because a lot of this is local all right, but thank you. That was a great job. We've been speaking to uh, Professor. Where's the name, Seth? <laughs> <laughs> Professor Thomas Enning Dawson. Uh-huh. Uh, he's the country manager for Fair Work Ghana. Uh-huh. Bismarck Fifi Teta is the chairman mm-hmm. of the National Alliance of Digital Driver Unions Ghana. And mm-hmm. Dr. Joseph Budu is the co project lead yeah. of the Fair Work Ghana project. And he's also a senior lecturer at GIMPA. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. Open the door. Open the door.
Alright, now for those of you who love Serilac, are you wondering what to do with your Serilac? For you are laughing, the way you're laughing, would I? It means you like Serilac. Serilac means. That's your favorite. Greatest ever. <laughs> okay, well, I'm about to tell you what you can do with your 400 gram tin. Okay, the new Serilac wheat 350 gram pouch value pack is the ideal choice to refill your tin so instead of buying another tin or can just get the pouch and you can fill it it's affordable it's convenient and it still provides key nutrients like iron vitamin a b1 b2 b3 b5 b6 b12 and d also zinc and iodine all right so grab your value pack at a retail shop near you and get more serilac and you can get a 5% discount on your DSTV for two months when you schedule your DSTV payment monthly on Express Pay. Simply log in and tap Pay, select TV, and hit DSTV. Download Express Pay today on Google Play Store or App Store if you don't already have it. And trust me, it always works, okay? Even when you're in a pinch and your bank app lets you down. Hmm. Schedule now to enjoy the full DSTV experience at a cool 5% discount starting from 1st December 2021. And Nexense Cable Metal offers the best and highest quality cables, proudly made in Ghana and guaranteed for over 40 years. To purchase, contact any of our authorized distributors across the country, particularly in Accra, Tema Shaiman, and Kumasi and Takrade. You can also call 0544-349-855 or visit nexense.com.gh. Nexense, we electrify the future and this festive season where would you rather be the mm. food party by the corner or would you rather be at an event that has a taste of everything a taste mm. of mouth watering Ghanaian cuisine mu- music unique fashion and thrilling Ghanaian dance and drama all under one event now join us on December 27 at the forecourt of the state house from 2 p.m. for the GIPC taste of Ghana brought to you by the GIPC in partnership with the GTA GEPA beyond the return initiative ministries of tourism arts and culture finance information foreign affairs and regional integration trade and industry supported by sic life company limited to participate sponsor or exhibit call 0261-355-599 or email patrick.dapa-kwao k-w-a-o at gipc.gov.gh follow at gipc ghana for more updates let's come together to enjoy the true spirit of the season and the big leagues are back on dstv so make sure you get in on all the action from just 52 cities a month enjoy live matches weekly from the best leagues in the world premier league la liga syria champions league and the exclusive return of the europa league and fa cup nothing beats the unbeatable football on dstv with a dstv dish kit and one month access subscription for 169 cds dstv it's your moment. SMS 1731 for purchase. This is your moment. T's and C's apply. And you can own a home for as little as 240,000 CDs. Yes, you heard right. As little as 240,000 Ghana CDs. Same price as buying a new car today. Sethi Royalty is offering huge discounts on their two and three bedroom apartments this Christmas till the end of the year. Homes that are designed and built to reduce your cost of living. And it's an excellent opportunity to invest in Yamidu apartments located in Temaveri 
very close to the shopping mall. If you are interested, call Sethi Royalty on 055-143-5555 or 055-143-8888 or visit them online at nyamidiagh.com. T's and C's apply. You gon' try with another track. track. Yo, we keep it fat. Fast two did it something. Uh-huh. Better believe that. Now we in effect. Yo, it's nine nine. nine and nine. guess what? Go coast ain't hard to find. Bottom line, bottom it's line. the black label. Black What's label. that? Come on now, rock table. We gon' do this like the old school. What you mean? Be coming with the new school. Some the next school. Then I'm next school. Chuck the tape. Sorry, you missed the mate. Come on, tell it. This is the bang. bang, Africa. You should see how we hang. Last two and Gido, that's my gang. Come on now, you know we about to bring the apple slang. Uh, uh, the apple slang. Cause you can hang, you can hang, you can, you can, you can hang. Last two, go coast, baby. Last two. All right, so it's been a very uh, eventful conversation. Sorry, eventful uh, week of discussions on the budget yeah some of your reactions to what's been going on all right this one says please on november 26 members present were 274 however those who took the decision were 137 that's at least half the members on the set day why should honorable chairman say the speaker did an illegality for allowing 137 people to reject the budget. I think the Honorable Chairman Sabus who got it wrong by assuming all 275 members of parliament were present and said they could have, they should have been 138 uh, because of Article 104. Okay, so people mm. talking about that. Um, this one says, relative to the discussion, okay, I think uh, Richie Scar has filed a suit, I believe. This one says, <laughs> all right, um, Bernard, this proponent that Ghanaians want to hang parliament does not watch. How would a voter in Bunkrugu know who a voter in Cape Coast is voting for to coordinate? Mm-hmm. That's Philip Intema. He's asking point. that question. Mm. This one says, assuming any of the deputy speakers preside as speaker, uh, assuming any of the deputy speakers preside as speaker is unavoidably absent, at the same time the president and the vice president are also out of the jurisdiction will the deputy speakers be sworn in as interim president no the will chief they, justice yeah. takes over will they uh, will they continue their constituency business or perform presidential duties as delegated no okay. they are just acting speakers all right let's uh, come back in here before we go you're so wondering what to do with your Serilac 400 gram tin. Well, the new Serilac Wheat 350G pouch value pack is the ideal choice to refill the tin. It's affordable, convenient, and still provides key nutrients like iron, vitamin A, B1, B2, B3, B5, B6, B12, and D. It's also zinc and iodine to support normal cognitive function and help promote optimum growth and development. Grab your value pack at a retail shop near you. Serilac 350G, more for less. This advert is FDA approved. Nathan has a banger coming out soon. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Oh, what are you talking yeah. about? Uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, and has a big event on the 11th, but it's strictly by invitation. It is, but I'll tell you all about it on Friday. Yes, we'll talk about that on Friday morning. <laughs> Friday is a holiday as well. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. 
I'm riding my rams on the biggest pad. My people be watching, they think it's mad. I'm laughing and grinning because I just roll up and pick up the money in the biggest bag. In 2020, we'll be rolling hard. That'll be why the bang, I'll be going hard. You think that we're slow when you see what we're doing? We give you the music, we're going far. We're headed for the top now, never gonna stop now, never gonna flat now. Keep it going, and we're never gonna drop now. So you better stop now, never gonna tap now. We be going, you people thinking we're joking and really funny. Look at the ratings, every second you're silly money. We taking everything you're putting on the table, we're leaving you disabled. You only get a silly dummy. They call me the chief. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Big boy never sleep. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Put the rap on fleek. Oh yeah, oh yeah. With a 363. Oh, so that's Quao. Yeah. They call me the chief. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Big boy never sleep. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Put a rap on fleek. Oh yeah, oh yeah. With a 363. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I take a pause and I breathe and I know this. And then I roll with the best and the coldest. You know I got more skills and I show this. The sub zero, whether you never. We'll have to end it here.